This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What's going on and welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program. Idaho Sports Talk, we're Prater in the Ballgame right here on KTIK Sports Radio. The Ticket coming off a President's Day weekend. I know most of you probably went to work yesterday. Most of you are like, dude, it's just flat out Tuesday for us. I will say for Prater and myself, this is one of those Tuesdays that kind of feels like a Monday coming off a long weekend. So we're really glad to have you with us. I'm Johnny Ballgame. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. JP in our RowPaint.com studio. He's on the phone right now. Prater, I wonder who JP's talking to. Maybe his wife called. He's to bring home some buttermilk tonight or something like that. But... He's doing his thing, and you're going to do yours. My partner, Mike Prater, here. Uh, another edition. I know sports talk. Let's get after it today, pal. How's ha- your weekend? Ha- happy Monday, Paul. Game. Happy. I mean Tuesday. Happy yeah. Monday. Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, I'm with you. Confusing, but uh, it was nice. And uh, let's get after it today. You know, I'd much rather have the Tuesday, like the three day weekend. Give me the Monday off instead of the Friday off. You know, because then the, the three day weekend extends into the next week, and you get a short week. Which is what we start today. I like the Fridays. Damn you! No, you don't. I'll take the. Fr- I'll take a free Friday every. T- why? Why would I? T- why would I choose a Monday over a Friday for anything? Yeah, but I'm, Monday's like the worst. Monday's like the worst dude, day of the entire calendar. Exactly, week. which is why you want that off, dude. No, a Friday is an easy peasy. It's Friday. You go in there with the Hawaiian shirt and jeans on. Oh, yeah, yeah no. it's Friday. We're gonna take it easy. Give me a give me a Thursday night off and uh, through the whole weekend. Friday's a no brainer, ball game. All right, all right. What do you guys think? Let us know. We're gonna uh, take your thoughts. And and, and uh, read your texts on the Fat Guys Fresh Jelly Hotline and the Cloverdale Plumbing Text Line. Hopefully not about that. Hopefully not about that. No. Before 208-424-9300. You can share whatever the hell you want, I guess. But, Prater, obviously there's a, there's a game at Extra Mile tonight. San Diego State's in town. You're talking 21-6, and six, Boise State, 17-6, and six, San Diego State on a Tuesday night at Extra Mile. So a lot to talk about there today, but uh, just your early thoughts on this one. Yeah, it's always nice to have a big sporting event on a Tuesday, and this is a big, big game. I'm not sure how big it is for Boise State other than just keep the thing going. I mean, there's no consequences if they win. There's no consequences if they lose. San Diego State's obviously fighting for survival, and I'm sure Boise State fans would love to put a little squash into the San Diego State step. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. We're down to, what, a, a game tonight and next Tuesday, and the home basketball season is done. Holy cow, where did that go? Two left. Yes. And both on Tuesdays. There's way too many Tuesday games this year. Way too many. Let's fix well that. Said, let's fi- let's fix that. Way too many Tuesday games, and the season is down to the last two Tuesday games, and then it's over. At least the home schedule. You can start watching it on television. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big game ball game. Something else we want to talk about. We're going to do that this hour. You heard us a little bit on Friday. We're saying, okay, Kellen Moore. What if anything around Boise could or should be named after? the great former Boise State quarterback, Helen Moore. So we want you to contribute on this, too. Maybe it's a landmark. Maybe it's a street somewhere. You're going to change the name, and we have our ideas. We also want yours. We're going to do that this hour, Prater. I got one idea, and I'm sticking with it. I, I'm I'm putting all my eggs into one basket, my friend. <laughs> nice, man. I got all my I even did some research. I reached out to Boise State spokesman today. I did some political research. I did some history research. Yes. I did some other kind of research. 
Uh, I got people over at Boise State digging deep into some of my requests, and uh, I'm excited to unleash my uh, my Kellen Moore. You got Boise State on this? I did. I I sent some text messages and some emails to Boise State doing some research for me. So uh, I'm putting all my eggs into one Kellen Moore basket, my friend. I love it. Bob Beeler also this hour, Bronco Focus, talking San Diego State tonight. Bob was at the shoot-around. He'll give you the lowdown and the skinny on everything you're going to want if you're going to this game, watching or listening. Also, Everett Sheen. It's a Tuesday, so we'll keep in touch with the Idaho Steelheads. Their head coach joins us, Prater. And uh, Juwan Howard, kind of the big news over the weekend. Juwan Howard and and um, Coach Guard over there at Wisconsin kind of got into it post game. Juwan Howard suspended for the rest of the regular season. We're going to share our Does the Punishment Fit the Crime on that today. I'm looking forward to that one, Paul. I got some thoughts on that one. And I think the mainstream media is missing the boat once again. I love it. And 5 o'clock, two hours from now, don't miss this segment. The future of Boise State football players who are currently in the NFL in Prater. You got a list on this thing. I do too. But a lot of these players, these careers might be at a crossroads. Oh, definitely at a crossroads. Not might. There's no might about it. They're definitely at a crossroads. There are 19 former Boise State football players on National Football League rosters as we sit today. There's a lot of movement. You know, the franchise tag business starts today. The league doesn't open up its official new year of business for another couple of weeks. So there's a lot of moving parts. But there are 19 former Boise State football players on NFL rosters. I think 14 of them have uncertain futures this offseason. Mm. Five of them are locked in okay. and ready to rock and roll. 14 of the 19 Boise State players in the NFL are at a very serious crossroads in their NFL careers. Your thoughts again, 208-424-9300, Cloverdale Plumbing Text Line. That's how we're going to get after it today, getting you ready again for tonight. And I guess we'll just start there. And I want to go back a little bit to kind of what's at stake for Boise State tonight. A win, you were saying, and you just kind of keep this thing going. A loss might be a speed bump there, but I don't think it puts you out of... Yeah, I mean, a loss does nothing tonight as far as every goal this team wants, right? Yeah, there's no consequences for a loss. That's you know, I, that's why, other than the fact that it's an important game, it's another game in an important season, um, and, and it's a sexy opponent, and it's, it's a sexy opponent fighting for its life in terms of the NCAA postseason, San Diego State. Um, it, it's not a big game. I mean, I, what, what's the definition of a big game? Something's at stake. There's really nothing at stake here for Boise State other than keeping the momentum going and, and, and playing well and continuing to polish this resume. And, and with every win, if they can keep it going, and I know you brought this up at our production meeting this morning, you know, you, you start to build a higher seed line. And maybe you go from a 9 to an 8 to a 7 to a 6 to who knows how far they can go in, in this NCAA tournament in terms of initial seed line. So, yeah, you could build on something like that. But um, I think tonight is just something to appreciate. You know, the fans are building. It's not going to be anywhere near as crowded as it was on Saturday afternoon, but fans are showing up and appreciating this team. And who knows what we're going to be able to see in terms of guys coming back. There's a lot of roster movement in this with this basketball team. So, yeah, go appreciate this basketball team for what it's doing, for what it's done. So far, it has not let us down. It's doing everything that we've asked them to do. And uh, just go out and appreciate it. But it doesn't have to be a, always a big game. You know, if tonight, if Boise State wins, you know, they go to 13-2 and two in the league with three games left, Prater. And what they can do with a win is they give San Diego State its fourth loss. Because right now, San Diego State and what the Mountain West is doing, because there's not going to be every single team playing the same amount of games. They're not making up every game, which is 
whatever, right? But the loss column is the column that's going to matter. If San Diego State wins tonight over Boise State, and I think they have every opportunity to win. This is by no stretch a gimme for me. I think it's a two-point spread in Boise's favor. Favor, But if San Diego State does win, then all of a sudden Boise State and San Diego State are sitting there both with three losses in league, and they will have split their regular season championship. I'm sorry, their their regular season matchup one-to-one. And maybe you start looking at seeding for the Mountain West tournament. I don't know, but for Boise State to win this league outright, I will say that. They need to win this game, in my opinion. If they don't, then there's a lot of other movable parts that are going to come into the equation. And you're going to have to start rooting for Wyoming maybe to lose a home game. They haven't lost a home game all league play, not one. Or you're going to have to hope San Diego State, which I just mentioned, who's on a five-game win streak right now, all of a sudden they're going to have to sputter out a little bit towards the end. So I will say that. I'll say the B word, the big game word, in a sense that if you win this, Boise State, you put yourself in a spectacular position to do something they haven't done, I'll say this, ever winning an outright Mountain West championship. Correct me if I'm wrong. The 2015 Derek Marks team, they split the regular season championship with uh, whatever team I can't remember. So I think that would be a nice stepping stone and and just even more so, though, probably improving your resume, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that Boise State could be sitting there in their team room on Selection Sunday. The CBS cameras are there, Prater. You get all that look on Selection Sunday, and people are, like, talking, well, is Boise State going to be a five seed or a six seed? And if they're an eight seed, are people going to say they got screwed over? Like, that's I, I can't even fathom that conversation covering Boise State basketball as I have. Like, they've never been in that type of conversation for, for me, Prater. I don't know how they were back in the day. Probably not much either. No, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And, and I think Selection Sunday is going to be magical for Boise State no matter what, unless they completely tank here, and I don't expect that to happen. Yeah. This is too good of a team. So, uh, you know, if they say a 6, 7, I, I don't think they're going to be as high as a 6, but if they say 7, 8, 9, Whatever, that doesn't really matter to me. I know there's some consequences between, you know, the 8 and 9 team has to go off and face the number 1 seed, and that's never any fun, so you try to want to try to avoid that. But, uh, no, I you know, I, I just don't see that. If You know, we could almost slip it to the other side. Yeah, flip this thing. Flip this sucker. The Mountain West, I guarantee, is rooting for San Diego State. And, and as Mountain West partners, don't we want as many Mountain West teams into this Mountain West or into the NCAA tournament as humanly possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that Boise State's in the charity business, but uh, and they're going to give them a win. But uh, you know, the more teams in the conference, the more the more conference teams in the NCAA tournament is better for the conference. Um, it's more financially lucrative for the conference. It's more money in the pockets for the Boise States of the world. So I, I like no matter what over the last next ten days, I want to see Boise State, Wyoming, San Diego State, and Colorado State do everything that they possibly can to get into the NCAA tournament. That'd be great to get four teams in, yes. especially when you haven't had three teams in since, what was it, 2015, I think it is? So that would be a huge step for this league. And there's that pest out there, that sleeping giant, if you will, that all of a sudden figured out whatever it was it needed figuring out. And that's UNLV. And they've been winning some big games. That's that team no one's going to want to play in the conference tournament. So hopefully in your scenario, Prater, for you to get all four of these teams in, you're going to want that Mountain West semifinal of the conference tournament, right, Prater, to be those four teams. And you're going to want to see that play out 
and really the cream, not to rise to the crop because it has risen, Prater, but to stay there and to keep the pests like UNLV or Fresno or Nevada or Utah State from kind of crashing that party. And if things kind of hold serve, sure. You know, maybe if you're a diehard Mountain West fan, you'd want San Diego State to win this thing tonight just because it evens it up a little bit. Because if San Diego State loses this game tonight, Prater, you could argue that their season becomes beep, beep, beep. It's on life support, bro. Go Boise State. <laughs> are you are you going? You're going, right? Yeah. yeah. I am not going tonight. I am not going to be at the game tonight. Okay. You got Beeler. You got TB. You got plenty of good stuff. Prater. You yeah. probably got major plans on the Prater couch. I love it. JP, how you doing, man? Who's calling you? What's up? Who's calling me? Um, somebody was calling me because we're having some problems with our website. They wanted to listen to the show on online, and we're having some problems with the website that we're looking into. Okay. Got everybody working hard on this sucker. Are you ready for some Kellen Moore stuff, Prater? Let's do it. What area, what landmark, what street in Boise, if you could change to Kellen Moore, whatever, what are you changing to celebrate the future College Football Hall of Fame quarterback? Prater has all his Kellen Moore eggs, all his 50 wins in one basket. I got a couple of options. We're going to have some fun with this. Don't go anywhere. We're Prater in the ball game here on Idaho Sports Talk. KTIK, the ticket. Put your Amazon listening device to good use. Enable the Sports Radio The Ticket skill. Then listen to all your favorite shows by saying, Alexa, open Sports Radio The Ticket Voicey. Plus, stream us on our app or at KTIK.com. Pettis to the left. Shoemaker to the right. Martin is the running back. Moore under center. Moore. Back to pass, throwing the ball. Back of the end zone, Pettis has it. Does he got it in bounds? We're waiting for the call. Touchdown! Austin Pettis with yet another touchdown. And the Broncos have the lead, 32-30. Bob Beeler on the call. A lot of people don't know this, but Bob Beeler's first football broadcast at Boise State was also Kellen Moore's first start as Boise State quarterback. So what a ride. Our boy Bob Beeler was able to be on for those first four years on that gig. Kellen Moore wasn't just fifty and three, so it was Beeler. Absolutely, he takes credit for it. <laughs> you know how Bob is. You know that big ego of Bob Beeler's. He's always taking credit for that fifty and three. <laughs> I love it. He'll be on the call tonight. Okay, we're gonna play a game here, and this is one of those things. I don't know if you guys have jobs like this, but a cool part about this job is sometimes you seriously are just messing around, throwing stuff around on the air, talking, and then you think like, you know what? Yeah, we could probably turn that into an entertaining segment, or at least we can try. And where we were with this today is, okay, there's like nothing named after Kellen Moore in this town. Uh, Prater, correct me if I'm wrong. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I don't even think he has a sandwich at Fat Guy's Deli. I know he doesn't. Okay? I'm, I'm assuming there's a couple of kids out there named Kellen. Yes. They're okay. I've never met one. I, I know of, of uh, a few other families that have named their football or named their sons after BSU football players or coaches, but I've never mm-hmm. heard of a Kellen, but I'm a, I'm assuming there's got to be a couple of them out there. I know about three or four people who have dogs named Kellen in Boise, so they've named their dog after Kellen Moore. But that no, counts. That counts. No historical landmark or anything. Or a street, or a boulevard, or Prater. What you've covered sports in this town longer than anybody, better than anybody ever. 
I'm putting you in charge of this. Name something after Kellen that fits all which ways and go for it, my brother. I, you know, I'm going to make it simple. I'm going to make this real easy on Boise State. I'm going to make this real easy on local government officials, political <laughs> officials, whoever wants to get involved and muck up the name of Kellen Moore because shame on you. Let's keep this simple. And it should have happened a long, long time ago. First of all, don't don't forget the steakhouse that you and I want to open up. 50 and 3. We're going to open that sucker up. I don't know if there's going to be room in my scenario here, but here's the simple thing to do, guys. It's very, very simple. Just rename University Drive after Kellen Moore. And not just do it. And University Drive goes all the way from Broadway to Capitol. It takes that uh, yep. that, that northbound turn uh, right there at Lincoln, I believe, and kind of curves around toward this, you know, the student union building there and then heads off toward Capitol. That is University Drive. From here on out, it should be forever known as Kellen Moore Boulevard. I don't want just to yes. drive, by the way. I want a boulevard because when I think of boulevards, I think of medians in the street. I think of big tree-lined streets. I think of things of beauty. A drive, a street, a, a, a it's, just a, it's just a piece of concrete. A boulevard is a part of your community. A boulevard is a part of your existence. A boulevard is a lot more... Uh, is a lot more exotic than a drive or a place. So University Drive from Broadway to Capitol from here on out should be called Kellen Moore Boulevard, period. End of conversation. It works perfectly with what Boise State already has. Yeah. If you know on the back or on the north end of campus along the Boise River, there is Cesar Chavez Lane. Yes. Named after a, a, a famous, great American labor activist. Um, has been passed for about 25 years. At one point, somebody at Boise State thought it was important. And I'm not sure if Cesar Chavez has any connection to Idaho. He's a Californian and an Arizonan. And obviously, his politics trickled up here because of all the migrant workers and the farm workers up here. But somebody at Boise State a long time ago said, let's make Cesar Chavez Lane, Cesar Chavez Lane along the Boise River. Yeah. That's fine. Keep it there. So on the north, you can have Cesar Chavez Lane. And on the south, you can have Kellen Moore Boulevard. I always thought that was kind of a Julio Cesar Chavez thing, the great fighter, Prater. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not, you know, I wrote that down to Kellen Moore Boulevard. It's got to be Boulevard. Because it has, Boulevard is just a bigger deal for me. It, it, it's sexier. Yes. It's more exotic. Kellen Moore Boulevard. Where are you going to put it? Yeah, honey, I need you to pick me up, man. I, I you know, I'm, I'm too wasted to drive. I can't afford an Uber. Hey, babe, well, where are you? <laughs> Honey, I'm on Kellen Moore Boulevard, so you know I'm having a blast. Hell yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what I'm be saying. Okay, I have a couple other things. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. No one's going to inter- no one's gonna say, well, no, no, no. It has to be University Drive. No. like There's no one that's going to interrupt that. Right? You, th- that's the name of the street because nobody else could come up with Cut. anything. <laughs> or, or, or we're too lazy to change it. Or, or, or Boise State's so damn broke they can't afford 15 street signs. <laughs> You know, so it's seriously a universe. That's it's the lamest name ever, dude. I'm with you now. What now? I, I did reach out to Boise State, and I'm I'm trying to make sure that Boise State has access to University Drive. Okay. If they're in charge, if they have the jurisdiction over University, I'm I'm assuming they are, but don't ever assume in our business. Uh, so I don't know if it's a Boise City thing. I don't know if it's an ACHD ACHD thing. Regardless of who's in control of University Drive, let's make let's get a meeting. Just basically tell everybody we're doing it, and I don't care what you say. I have a couple of suggestions, and I went outside of the the street theme, and JP let us know. We want your help on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line, too. 208-424-9300. What do you think of Prater's idea, Kellen Moore Boulevard? This all started last week because 
we were doing a topic on something, and then somebody, what was the topic about, JP? JP, you're the you're supposed to remember. I don't remember, naming... but Prater said that sounds like a topic, and we wrote it down. You know, something like they need to name name it after Kellen Moore. We said something about something. No, I don't think it had anything to do with Kellen. We were talking about milestones in this. I don't know. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't matter. We were talking about something last week, and all of a sudden we thought, whoa, Kellen Moore's not named after anything. If one of the it. listeners remembers, call JP and let him know. <laughs> um, Okay. That, what do you got, Ballgame? What do you got, this, Ballgame? And, and, and you know what? Mine will never happen, but they're fun, and they're funny. And I'll, I'm be, the, to I'll be the judge of that. That church right next to the Blaymeyer Football Center yeah, yeah. is called Christ's Chapel. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen anybody go in or go out or whatever. I, I've never seen anything done with it. I want to name that the Kellen Moore Christ Chapel. Okay, it's a church. It's a place of worship. You can say hello, Jesus. Oh, Kellen, you're here too. Hello to you as well. Kellen Moore, a man of heavy faith as well. And on the top of that Christ Chapel, you could have a number 11 or a 50 and 3 logo painted at the site. I mean, that that church all of a sudden, I mean, you want you want you want God to have a little bit of help. Uh, get Kellen Moore involved with anything that happens at the Kellen Moore Christ Chapel. I like Kellen Moore and the word Christ together, Prater, and the Kellen Moore Christ Chapel. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Okay, what about what about the Boise Diversion Dam? Okay. Oh, the what? This is a water dam. And what it does is the Boise Diversion Dam. And I wanted to name it the Kellen Moore Diversion Dam. What this dam does is it takes a lot of the water during farming season in the summer and it diverts the the water out to a lot of farmlands that need water for every reason. Kind of like Kellen Moore did as a quarterback, you know? He spread the wealth and the love all over the place with his passing and winning and success and all these farms that are going to have more success with Kellen Moore's name being on the diversion dam. Name well, where, a where, dam after Kellen Moore. A, first of all, it's a piece of concrete that's flooded by water. Does it even exist? Where does, yeah. Is there a diversion dam? Google it. You'll see the dam and you can... Where you can, is it? Uh, it's in Boise. I think it's uh, JP. It's outside of town. Um, no, I want Johnny to explain. Yeah, it. This I, is his deal. He doesn't even know where he's he actually came in and asked me about. I don't it know earlier. where it is, but I saw the <laughs> oh, pictures. Oh, ball I saw game. the pictures, and oh, you could you game. could paint Kellen Moore stuff all over the picture of the dam. People would drive out there, and they take their kids there, and they just look at it. Prater, you're over two. What do you got next? The Idaho Supreme Court building in Boise. <laughs> you make it the Kellen Moore Supreme Court building. This is where all the highest level of judicial procedures and cases go. This is serious business. It is the Idaho Supreme Court. And all of a sudden, the Idaho Supreme Court is held. It's done inside the Kellen Moore building. I like that. Am I 0 for 3? That might be your best one of the three, but the first two are really bad. Okay, next one. The Discovery Center of Idaho. Okay. What? This could be a ty- no. This could be a Tyrannosaurus Rex exhibit. This could be an astronomy exhibit. It's the Discovery Center. It's a place of learning. It's a place of growth. It's a place of intelligence. It's, it's, it's a place of integrity. The Kellen Moore 
Discovery <laughs> Center of Idaho. They make igloos with popsicle sticks yes! and bring in paper dinosaurs. Yes! And Prater used to always volunteer for field trips there because yes! I could chase the school mom. That place, Are you kidding me? Name it's it a up place of integrity. Name it up at Kellen. <laughs> Especially for the dinosaur exhibit. Digging in fossils and all. You look up and you go, Mom, what's oh, that fossil? Oh, honey, that's a mosaic of Kellen Moore, 50 and 3. That's where the great schools come in and just drool yes. all over themselves. I think it's a good idea. Oh, ball game. Like a place of, I was just thinking a place of science, a place of development, a place of furtherness, right? That's what I want Kellen Moore's name attached to. Learning, education, science, intelligence. Learning, education, and science? Kellen Moore? Yeah, okay. Okay, here's my other one. I have one more, so I'm all, I'm all for it on that You're one. You're all for three and a half. Okay. I need somebody, some uh, superintendent somewhere. In this, in the Treasure Valley, Boise School District, or whatever, and let's just end this to hell with it. I need Kellen Moore Elementary School, like done, done. I need Kellen Moore Junior High School. All some of these names that you have these schools named after. Oh, Vista Glen. <laughs> no, I want Kellen Moore Elementary School, and it's going to be uh, uh, right. No. Um, Come on, Kellen, name a school after him in this town. Kellen, not a high school, but a middle school would be cool. Kellen Moore Middle School. I, I'm okay with that, but I need about 40 more years of time before we can do that. I mean, I think we already have a Frank Church school. I think we might have a Cecil DeAndres school. Never uh, heard of him. Uh, oh, see what you people see what I have to do with all Church, the Frank Church, you've never heard of the, the most beloved senator in the history of Idaho? Oh, Is that Deep Throat? No. no ball game. <laughs> you guys see what I have to deal with yes. around here? Kellen, ball game doesn't yes. know who Frank Church is, but he wants to put Kellen Moore's name. He wants to put his face on a piece of concrete in a river. Yeah. We're a white church on, on Broadway. It's <laughs> yeah. been around for 180 years. Let's just put an 11 on top of that church where the yeah. cross is. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm okay man. with the school idea. I yeah. just need him. I need him to be retired first. Okay. I need 40 more years, and then we can go after after a Kellen Moore school. In the meantime, uh, Boise State, uh, ignore everything Johnny just said. Really, really bad. Just ignore <laughs> everything he said and start working on the Kellen Moore Boulevard right now. If you're a business owner and you want to like somehow change something regarding your business to Kellen Moore, get in touch with us. I have a lot more ideas, guys. Like I have pages. I'm guessing pages your phone will never ring. Ideas. Your phone will never. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you talking about like the Kellen? Yeah, we could put now. Now maybe he can put his name on a car agency, the Kellen Moore car lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But he's going to have to buy that and put no, his own name it, on it and spend his own damn money. Yeah, Steakhouse is better. Steakhouse is pretty damn cool. 50 uh, and 3. The 50 and 3 Steakhouse. That, you, that, that was your idea. It was. And it was a brilliant idea. Thank you. And you should have stopped there. <laughs> Come on, guys. Are these that bad? Those are that bad. 9300 Cloverdale Plumbing text line. We got a few coming in. Those are going to be funny, Prater. But Leon Rice is going to tell you about Emmanuel Acott. He played on Saturday. He looked a little rusty. He didn't play his normal minutes. What do you expect out of E-Man tonight? Leon Rice talked to the media, and he will tell us also. Bob Beeler, San Diego State, the opponent tonight. He's going to break down everything, Boise State, and that's going to be this hour as well. We're, we're packed today. We're going to have a blast. He's Prater. I'm Johnny. JP's running the show. This is Idaho Sports Talk on KTIK The Ticket. Sports Radio The Ticket will never raise your subscription price because <clears throat> we're free. Putting money in your pocket every time you listen. Sports Radio The Ticket.
Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. From the com studio, we've got Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, coming up in just a matter of minutes. More on tonight's Boise State-San Diego State game from Extra Mile Arena. The Broncos are 12-2 and in conference. Looking to add another solid win to their NCAA tournament resume. San Diego State, on the other hand, coming in with a five-game win streak. And Emmanuel Acott, he returned against Utah State on Saturday. Some limited production out of Acott, but Leon Rice talked about navigating the previous four games without Acott. Are we a better team with him? Yeah, a lot better because... I mean, that's you know one of the better players in the Mountain West. And to take him off the lineup, if you looked all throughout the league and said, okay, I'm going to take you know one of your top players out of your lineup for four games, I think it would be, you know, I think we navigated it pretty darn well. And, you know, we're still getting, I mean, you don't come back at 100% because timing, conditioning, you know, there's nothing like uh, playing in a game that gets your timing that way. And especially this time of year because, we're not running up and down for an hour and a half like we would in a game. And so you, you lose a lot. And uh, very rarely do you see a guy come back and just pick up where he left off. little bit tentative, I thought, on Saturday from ACOT. But, uh, you know, now that I look back on it, probably the right way to play that game for him. I'd say Leon's, you know, pulled a lot of, pressed a lot of the right buttons with this team this year. What I think is the biggest miss they have without ACOT, I think it's ball handling. This team doesn't have a primary point guard, which is kind of weird in today's age of basketball. It's not Marcus Shaver. It's more Emmanuel ACOT than anybody. And it's just kind of one of those, kind of there's two or three guys that can bring the ball up and let's just move. And Eman's one of those guys. Max Rice isn't a great ball handler in that sense. He, you know, he, he's a guy that's going to come off picks and shoot. So they need E-Man back, in my opinion, Prater. Nothing more importantly than just his his ball handling. And I hope to see him get extensive minutes tonight. They're going to need every one of them. Well, uh, a puzzling Instagram post yesterday from Aaron Rodgers had people uh, talking. He was a guest on the Pat McAfee show today. No news came from the interview other than the fact that Rodgers recently completed a, quote, 12-day cleanse. His first thought coming out of the 12-day cleanse, intense gratitude, which is what led him to this Instagram post. And I'm one, are we talking about a colon cleanse here? We're talking about a full-body cleanse. Prater, how would you describe the cleanse? Because you don't want to, you don't want to say the dirty words because <laughs> JP gets embarrassed when we start talking about uh, certain body parts and certain body functions. But, yeah, it's a 12-day cleanse where you you rid your body of all you can go read about it it's out there there's specifics out there just rid your body of all toxins all whatever he was whatever he was trying to get rid of his body with and uh mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm certainly no expert look at my body but uh, either, i did man. a little research today about it i was uh i was kind of intrigued by uh, by what he had to say and uh i know we're all making fun of him and it's it's an easy target right now but yeah uh, is passing gas a form of cleanse? <laughs> JP, I'm being serious here. Okay. Well, I mean, no, I don't think it's I'm, a force. No. I think that's a necessity. No, um, okay. I don't think it's a, you know, you don't do it on purpose for the most part. Okay. It's, it, I do when I'm hanging out with my girlfriend laying in bed. My question is this. If, uh, if, if Aaron Rodgers is a professional athlete, prime of his, you know, life, and uh, it took him 12 days to cleanse his body, how long would it take... For Johnny Mallory or Mike Prater to cleanse their body, a long time. Would it take like a, a month, a thirty-day cleanse potentially, or any any twelve-day cleanse is gonna is gonna do a 
significant number on your body, you know, in terms of eliminating toxins. So uh, they, you know, those holistic cleanses just get in there and just, just do damage, do some serious damage. Doesn't sound like much fun, man. I don't want to do that. No, you got stuff coming out of every part of your body. And oh, that's, that's the whole point. You're trying to rid your body of all that stuff. And for him, it, it works. You know, it gets rid of all the, you know, the caffeines and the, and the sugars and, you know, alcohols and drugs and substances and dairy, you know, dairy products, the stuff that uh, that he doesn't want in his body. I, I, I impressive. It, it's a it's an easy target to make fun of, but uh, I applaud him for wanting to take care of his body, even though he's still just a little bit weird. Absolutely. I have an idea, Johnny. And this is you should go Uh-oh. on a twelve day cleanse, and yeah. we could we could talk about yeah. it every single day. We'll give us two weeks of content for this. Prater show. does not want to talk about that. Wait till he wait till he turns fifty and has to go through the colonoscopy. Though that's a, that's and at that's least only a, a weekend. Well, that's a twenty four hour cleanse, but it takes care of a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you guys laughing like a couple of dudes well, about a colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's the colonoscopy chuckle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You'll get there one day. <laughs> Finally, <I can't> wait. <laughs> Bruce Feldman reported yesterday. Former Idaho football coach Paul Petrino. Expected to join Central Michigan staff as their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach under Jim McElwain. That uh, would be two, in case you're counting, former Vandal coaches on the staff. That includes Rob Akey as defensive coordinator. It seems like uh, about 100 years ago that uh, Boise State was supposed to play Central Michigan in the Arizona, Barstool, Arizona Bowl. I feel Doesn't like... it seem like a long time ago? It really does. It's only been like two months. We were taught less than two months, right? Or yeah. about two months. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That does feel longer than that. Didn't didn't Aiky when we had Rob Aiky on, I felt like he said something regarding Idaho and I don't think it was in the greatest of spirits. I can't remember. I can't remember what was guided to it. Felt like it was on that coaching staff. It's kind of funny, but uh, I believe he said they need to put some more money into the program. Okay, that had nothing said, to do with the no. coaching staff then. But uh, yeah, some vandal flavor with the Chippewas, huh? I'm just going to go on on a limb. I'm going to say with those two coaches there, oh, they're going to win the MAC next year. Book it, Prater. Book it. Good luck with that, <laughs> Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus. Uh, what? What is writing on this game tonight? Bob Beeler, he's got a pretty good answer to that. He's going to share it with us at Bronco Focus. It's coming up next. Prater on the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. All right, for those of you excited about heading to the Extra Mile today, that excitement, you can now turn it up a notch. We got Bob Beeler in the RollPaint.com studio. He's going to be on the call with Abe Jackson for tonight's basketball game. And, Bob, welcome. And I'm just going to start you. San Diego State's in town. I think this is kind of the flagship team of the Mountain West, if you will, for hoops. What's riding at stake for this game with Boise State, Bob? Well, there's quite a bit that's riding on the game. And I'm going to start with the regular season championship, which is something that I know Coach Rice and the team put a lot of stock in, being the best team in the conference. Right now, Boise State's twelve and two. Wyoming a half game back, eleven and two. Then you got San Diego State nine and three. Remember, they are not making up the game at New Mexico, so they'll have one less game than uh, everybody else in the conference. And Colorado State sitting at eleven and four. For Boise State, it's simple: four games left. San Diego, Vegas, Nevada, Colorado State. You could lose any one of those four with the balance of this conference. With every hurdle you jump over, 
you put yourself closer to the finish line. If you win tonight against San Diego State, you pretty much eliminate them from the regular season championship because they would have four losses. You would remain with two. And basically, the, the spread would be three games because a tiebreaker would go to you for the top seed because you would have beaten them twice. So tonight, very important. You keep yourself ahead of Wyoming, force Wyoming to win tomorrow against Colorado State. Both Boise State and Wyoming have to face Colorado State the rest of the season. Both Boise State and Wyoming have to face San Diego State. So a lot of games to be played. Now on the computer rankings, as they're looking to the NCAA tournament, right now Boise State sitting at 30, San Diego State sitting at 33, Colorado State is 31, and Wyoming is 38. And those four teams in the last couple of weeks have bounced back and forth from about 30 to about 40. And they've changed positions based on who has won or who has lost in a given day. For Boise State, you know, I don't think one more loss this season is going to do any kind of damage for the NCAA tournament. But obviously, you want to get as many wins as possible so that if you do lose something late or do lose something in the tournament, you've got your at-large bid stocked yourself for the tournament. One month ago today, these teams played in the Viejas, Bob, and it was, you know, I guess I'll to, to be nice, it was a defensive battle of legendary proportions, Bob. Boise State won 42-37. Should I be expecting another defensive masterpiece tonight? Yes, on a defensive match masterpiece, not on a shutout. Uh, I compared that game to a baseball game, you know, shutout, one nothing, where one team maybe gets two hits and the other team gets one hit in the game. In the game, Boise State shot 31%, San Diego State shot 28%. So those were extremely low. Now, sitting there watching it, I thought it was an exciting game. I know some people that watched on TV that did not think it was, but I thought it was because you could just see the – a-level defense being played on both sides. Now, since that game has been played, both teams' offenses have taken a remarkable turn for the better. In the last eight games for each team, Boise State's averaging 71%, shooting 46%, 36 from three, and for San Diego State, they're averaging 69 points, shooting 46%, just like the Broncos, and they're making 38% of their threes. So both teams in the last month have really improved their offenses. Now, they haven't had to go against the other one's defense, so we'll see whether the offenses can do better. I, I think tonight's game's probably going to be in the 50s, if you're asking me me to guess. If somebody, I, I'm going to say something like 58-54, something like that would be my guess. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, getting you ready for Boise State, San Diego State, 7 o'clock tonight from Extra Mile Arena. You can catch it on our sister station, KBOI, 670 AM. Bob, with more details on that here in a second. Let's talk about Emmanuel Laycott. Back on the court Saturday against Utah State. Certainly wasn't his usual self. Uh, kind of a reintroduction period to get backing into playing. What do you expect out of him moving forward, Bob? I think a few more minutes. I, I think that you're going to see him kind of ease his way back in there. You've been hurt. You're out for four weeks. You don't practice that much. You can't expect somebody to come back and be at the same level they were. He had three points, two assists. And, again, it was good to get his feet wet, good to play against Utah State. I think tonight he's going to be a more valuable player on the defensive end than the offensive end as far as like maybe then scoring. Maybe passing would be be a strength for him. But uh, he was key in the defensive effort last time against San Diego State. I mean, he's long, he's athletic. He makes it tough for whoever's guarding to get shots off. So I think you're looking at at a guy that they're going to probably try to lengthen his minutes out a little bit more. He's, he's one of Boise State's best all-around players as far as, you know, he can do it at the defensive end, the offensive end. He can set people up. And I think that they need to get him back towards full strength and they were able to get his feet wet a little bit on Saturday. 
What about other players on this roster? This is a not a very deep roster, but everybody contributes and takes their turn kind of in the spotlight. What other big games, what other big players do you see tonight in, to make a difference in this game tonight? I think Marcus Shaver right now is about as hot as anybody in college basketball. In the last three games, he's averaging better than 19 points and shooting. And I had to do the math twice to make sure that I was right because the percentage was so high. He's shooting 70% over the last three games. Now, I know it's a small sample size, but uh, you shoot better than 50%, you're doing extremely well. Wow. He had 13 against San Diego State, one of the few guys that shot the ball in that game with from outside. I'll be interested to see how they play him. I would think that they're going to try to shut him down. It's going to be option number one. And then my other guy that I'm going to watch tonight is Degenhardt. He had 14 in the first meeting against San Diego State, got his way to the free throw line eight times. That's something Boise State has been able to do regularly, guys, and that's get to the free throw line Make more points at the foul line, take more shots, and that uh, shooting percentage has gone up to 77% over the last eight games, so something that has definitely improved as the year's gone along. Bob, uh, tell us about the rest of the week. Obviously, Vegas this weekend, and, and, and your crystal ball after you're done. I mean, If they win tonight against San Diego State and then go to Vegas and win on Saturday, would you expect them to crack the top twenty-five poll if they win these next two? Yes, I think they would because you're beating two teams. You're beating one for sure in San Diego State that is well, well thought of. You're sitting at about twenty-nine right now. You'd like to think there'll be some volatility in the bottom. I, I think this would probably do it. You got to win two games this weekend. One, one between San Diego or UNLV, not going to help. But uh, if you win them both, I, I think they'll get in there at that point. Uh, again, game tonight, 6.30 over on 6.70 KBOI. Coaches show Thursday night. It'll be a half an hour earlier at 5.30 because uh, women's basketball starts at 6.30 on Thursday night. Home game against Nevada. And then Saturday down at UNLV, it will be a 7.30 pregame from Thomas and Mack. You ready for March Madness? Yes, I'm ready. Right? I'm ready because I think I think the team I'm covering is going to get in. I love it, man. You, know, you get ready for things, but it, it's not the same. When you've got a team yeah. that's got to have a shot to hear their name called on Selection oh, Sunday, man. it is a lot more exciting than when when you're just announcing games. You know you get to go to the venue and call a darn game. I love it. Good yes, luck. last year we wouldn't have. Good luck tonight, Bob. Thanks, guys. Good stuff there. Coming up, Steelheads Tuesday, Everett Sheen in the crease coming up. How about the punishment fitting the crime? You see what Juwan Howard, you see that situation over the weekend? Did that punishment fit the crime and we're giving away a new prize at Rock Chocks and Pop Culture. That's all next hour on Prater of the Ball Game. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. It's time to go in the crease with the Idaho Steelheads. On your home of Idaho Steelheads hockey, Sports Radio The Ticket. We love it. Welcome back. Idaho Sports Talk always kicking off our number two on a Tuesday. And we got a lot of twos in this Tuesday. Two, 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 two on that Tuesday. And that's kind of cool, Prater. We never have, have had this day before. But anyway, let's get up our Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. Everett Sheen joining us, your head coach of the Idaho Steelheads. They are back at home at Idaho Central Arena this week, the Wooster Railers into town. And, Coach, welcome to Idaho Sports Talk. Appreciate the chance to talk to you again. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on today, guys. What's the team's biggest strength, if I were to say? You know, what is the biggest strength of your hockey club this year, Coach? What would that be? 
Uh, I, I definitely see our resiliency, uh, especially as of late. You know, we've had a few comebacks in the third that have picked us up some big points. Um, and we've been able to bounce back from some tough losses, so I hope uh, that stays true for tomorrow. Second place in the Mountain Division, 59 points, only trailing the Utah Grizzly by four points. I know it's percentage as well this year you have to look at, but what do you think the key moving forward? I was looking at the schedule today. There's like eight, nine, ten home games left. I don't know where this season has went, Coach, but uh, what's it going to take to at least keep where you are? If not, hey, catch those stinking Grizzlies, man. Uh, honestly, just keep playing the way we are uh, at the moment. We do still have seven games left against the Grizzlies, which is crazy. So seven out of our 22. Uh, so we got to be set up for success going into those last – we'll be playing five in a row. So the last five games of the season, we we got to be in a, a good position, hopefully trailing them, and then take care of business when we play them. Talk about Idaho Steelheads. Coach Everett Sheen, we do this every Tuesday right here on Idaho Sports Talk. Four o'clock, get you caught up on the downtown hockey scene. Coach, we've talked about this in the past, and I think you're one of those coaches that breaks up your season into chunks, like maybe four chunks. We've got to be getting close to your your final chunk, if indeed that is how you approach a schedule. How much of a different emphasis do you start putting in as we reach the end point of this regular season? Um, definitely a lot more now. Um, you know, we're we're starting to kind of see the separation between playoff teams and non-playoff teams. So uh, we're going to start to see some desperate hockey teams, you know, like Worcester coming in. They're fighting for that last playoff spot at the moment in, in the North. So, you know, we got to be ready to go every single night because, like I said, we're going to be facing some teams that are in playoff position and some teams that are scratching and clawing to, to work their way into one. So um, it's definitely a big emphasis going forward here. Coach, just to make sure, there's four divisions in the ECHL, the North, the South, the Central, and the Mountain. Is it the top three in each division that goes on to the playoffs? Top four. The top four. So you're firmly into the playoffs. So, you know, it, it would take a monumental. I don't even know if it's mathematically possible for you not to make the playoffs at this point. How do you continue to push these guys? What is your points of emphasis? You know, just come out and, and play our game every single night, um, you know, and Yes, we are in, a, in a, a good position at the moment. You know, it, it'd be tough to not make playoffs, let's put it that way, but, you know, it still is a possibility. So we need to, to be ready to go every single night. Um, and then, you know, we want to, we do want to push for that home ice in the first two rounds. So, you know, first in the division is definitely um, one of our goals. Everett Sheen, Idaho Steelheads, head hockey coach here with us, Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. Coach, every team goes through adversity. What do you think the biggest level of adversity is that you and this team have had to face this year? What's been that biggest obstacle in your way? Uh, honestly, since Christmas, it's just been the um, the roster turnover. Um, we kind of talked about it before, where you know we've lost some key guys at key times, and you know we've asked kind of our younger guys to step up, which they have. Um, you know, so we just got to continue to do that. We just lost Will Merchant the other day back up to Texas. Uh, it was good to have him for a week. <laughs> we had just our roster turnover with injuries and call-ups. That's, it's, uh, I mean, it's good that we're getting noticed and getting guys moved up to the next level, but it also does make for some challenging nights. But, you know, I think our guys have handled it quite well so far. Coach, I've been into plenty of hockey dressing rooms, but I've never been in, like, during the course of a game. And I've always been curious – Hockey is one of those weird deals where you have two, essentially two half times. You have the first intermission, second intermission, both twenty minutes. Kind of take us behind the scenes. You know, 
Do you give them the first five minutes to kind of get their act together, yell at them for the next ten, and take a nap after the last five? <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you arrange, how do you organize those twenty minutes? And is the first intermission any different than the second intermission? Oh uh, yeah, it definitely changes uh, depending on the game. You know, intermissions are eighteen minutes long, so we'll usually come in around the ten minute mark. Um, we'll have a quick little meeting, probably two to three minutes. You know, normally the first intermission is you know what adjustments the other team has made what we're going to counter with or you know things that we've done well that we need to keep doing or things we need to clean up Uh, and then typically the second intermission obviously depending on um, the score of the game is either hey this is how we're going to lock it down this is what we need to focus on or hey this is what we got to do to give ourselves a chance to come back so there's definitely um you know a distinct difference in the in the two intermissions meetings that's for sure coach how do you become Everett Sheen, head hockey coach, Idaho Steelheads. Take me back to your journey. Obviously, you fell in love with the sport of hockey, and here you are, you know, running a high-level professional hockey club. How'd this come about, man? To be honest, quite quite a bit of luck, uh, being in the right place at the right time. You know, I was, I was fortunate enough to play Division One college, uh, and then continue on and play pro in ECHL for five years, and. I retired and, you know, like I mentioned before, Neil Graham was the head coach here and him and I have been friends since we were 16. Um, so he called me. He had a, uh, a vacancy as an assistant coach and asked if I was interested and I just left it the chance. And you know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to stay here and, and get promoted and have been loving every second of it. Talking to Everett Sheen, Idaho Steel Heads hockey coach. Hey, coach, last week, this is kind of the – the delicate money question. I've always been curious about this. We had Colton Point on last week, and he's got that two-way contract with the Dallas Stars. I'm not exactly sure how that works. I think he's if he's up with the entire Dallas Stars, which he's not, you know, I mean, he can make as much as like $750,000 a year if indeed the right things come into play. But you're not paying most of your guys that kind of money. You're paying them minor league salaries. How do you juggle the, the money factor in minor league hockey? Some guys making a couple thousand bucks a week, some guys on two-way contracts. Does money ever become an issue? Um, definitely. Uh, we have a, we have a salary cap uh, per week in this league. It's uh, thirteen thousand nine hundred. So you got to manage that, and that's an active roster of twenty players. You have a reserve roster, which doesn't count towards it, and then you have injury reserve, which also doesn't count to it. Um, but you know, rookies uh, they can only make five eighty five a week max uh, across the whole league. So that's kind of set. And then yeah, the the range definitely throughout the whole league goes from you know rookie max all the way up i think the highest guy is probably making 1200 1300 depending but you can also change salaries during the course of the season um week to week stuff like that so it's that's almost like a second full-time job sometimes is managing the salary cap at the risk of sounding dumb does it become petty at times and you have to deal with it uh, or is it more like a professional office where everybody makes what they make they really don't talk about it and they just go about doing their job yeah, that, that's about right. Actually, it's very professional. Um, you know, you guys know what they're kind of worth and what they'd be willing to p- play for. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty professional when it comes down to it. Do, do the guys that make the most money ever pick up the dinner tab or anything on the road? Right. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they help the guys out. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a key element here, Prayer. You want team mm-hmm. unity. You got to get money bags. You got to get those bonus babies. You know they're they're paying for those Ubers late night, Prater. That's how it is, <laughs> Coach. 
Uh, the Jaden DeLuca Foundation jersey auction, that's returning this weekend. Always a big deal. I know you guys do a tremendous job with all of these type of events, but the Jaden DeLuca Foundation, a big event obviously here in Boise. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a big event that we look forward to every year. Um, you know, we raise quite a bit of money, and it's for such a good cause, you know, especially now that I have a young one as well. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. So to be able to help in any way we can and, and raise awareness and money is uh, it's immensely special. Uh, each year we get to do it, and we're looking forward to having it this weekend. Well said. Coach, always appreciate the time. Uh, go Steelies, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow night. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Every couple weeks, catching up with Everett Sheen, the head coach of the Steelheads, the Wooster Railers in town. And Brandon, just run. Where did this hockey season go, man? It's fast. Too fast. College basketball is going fast. Uh, hockey's going fast. It's it's too fast. Holy too fast. smokes, man. Pretty soon it's going to be like summer. Memorial Day weekend and we're partying in the summertime. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Fine with me, man, right? Fine with me. Also, uh, a new sponsor for Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Brett's Advanced Heating and Cooling. I don't mean a new sponsor. I mean a new prize. We're giving away a gift card to Twisted District today. That's coming up this hour. But next, we need your help on this. 208-424-9300. If you paid attention to what happened with Wisconsin and Michigan basketball, the two head coaches in particular, Jawan Howard of Michigan and Fab Five fame, suspended for the rest of the regular season. Did that punishment fit that crime, in your opinion? We want to hear from you at 208-424-9300. Call or text, and we get back. Prater has some really good philosophies on this. You're not going to want to miss them. Does the punishment fit the crime? Jawan Howard next. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. These guys talk a good game because, well, talk is cheap, and they never were the greatest athletes. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater and the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 13.50 AM. The Ticket. Interesting finish here. 77. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, yeah. Howard and Guard are not happy right now as the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo, and Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh my God. Trying to get separated. And there's no doubt it all stems from the timeout by Greg Gard. Now that's not an excuse for this, but that is what angered Jawan Howard. And it spilled over into this. And you saw Howard and Greg Gard nose to nose. I knew I knew he was. I wouldn't be happy either, but there's no excuse for this. Absolutely not. Zero excuse. Zero. This cannot happen. And that was the CBS radio call prater of you know, kind of an event over the weekend that seemed to get more attention than the Daytona 500, the NBA All-Star Weekend. Everybody wanted to know what the heck happened there at Wisconsin between, you know, Mich- Michigan coach, who was a very high-profile head coach in Juwan Howard, and Greg Gard from Wisconsin, not as high-profile, but they went at it for the reasons, whatnot, and 
the Big Ten came down on Jawan Howard yesterday, Prater, and suspended him the remainder of the regular season, fined him 40 Gs, and Wisconsin, Michigan was a bubble team, if anything. I don't know. If, it probably hurts their tournament chances. Greg Gard, Wisconsin's coach, was not suspended, fined 10,000 or a couple of players that were each suspended a game, too. But, uh, Mike Prater, where are you with this thing? It wasn't good. It didn't look that good. I mean, if you're listening to the audio there, it, it probably sounds really worse than it was. There was a couple punches. That, well, there, you know, Howard didn't throw a punch. He threw a slap. I, I thought I saw at least one punch in there, but mostly just a bunch of pushing and shoving. And it was not a good scene. So, um, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the precedent is for for the Big Ten to deal with this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, the rest of the regular season probably seemed like it was an okay fine. I mean, suspension. Although I, I, you know, for context, I mean, Mark Few got one game for a DUI. Okay, I mean, is that is that right? I mean, you get one game for, you know, poking somebody in the ear, and you get five games for poking and forty thousand bucks for poking somebody in the ear, and then Mark Few got one game for a DUI. Does that say something more about the Big Ten or the Gonzaga basketball? I'm not sure. I mean, Jawan Howard's got an issue. I mean, don't forget going back to last year in the Big Ten tournament, the uh, the Maryland coach Turgeon. I can't I can't remember his first Mark name. Mark Turgeon. Yeah. Uh, they got into a confrontation, and it was reported that Jawan Howard said, I'm going to effing kill you. Uh, so obviously, Jawan Howard has mental issues. He's got anger management issues. Maybe they should have taken, instead of taking 40000 bucks and, and five games away from him, maybe they should have just sent him off to anger management camp. Mm. He's got some issues. Yeah, He's got some sure. serious, serious, serious issues. If you're telling I guess, yeah. second straight year in a row, you're, you're confronting another coach? Maybe he doesn't even belong in college basketball. I don't know. Let's go to Don on the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. Don, you're first up on this, and we're taking all your calls at 208-424-9300. Your thoughts on what happened over the weekend, but more importantly, did the punishment fit the crime? I'll just start there with you, Donnie boy. Jawan Howard, rest of the regular season suspension, forty grand out of his pocket. Did this punishment for you, Don, fit the crime? Yeah, hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> No, absolutely not. Um, he uh, he should be fired, and and uh, like Freddie was saying, he should not be allowed near any children or adults or in any type of uh, athletic competition as a coach. Um, he doesn't belong at the pro level. He doesn't belong at the amateur level. He doesn't belong anywhere. Uh, this is not his first time, you know, as you brought up. But even if it were his first time, I don't care if this is the first time, you do not – this is not off-the-court behavior either. This is not a bar brawl that happened, you know, uh, late some night that was not in front of the children and part of the program and on the job. This is on the job. He slapped somebody. He basically punch-slapped somebody. That's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that is – if we are allowing that as a society, then we have really, really, really – got to wake up as a society that is absolutely insane and i'll tell you one thing if any of my coaches you know my being boise state coaches ever do anything like that the first thing i'm going to do is call up the athletic ticket office and cancel all my season tickets and unless he's fired and say you will not get one penny of my very measly season ticket donations and my very measly bronco bronco club donations anymore you know you just won't get any more from me thank you very much because i won't stand for it i won't support a, a institution that goes after that so that's how i feel I, i'm just disgusted by the whole thing way to bring it there you go donnie ball game thanks for the call 208-424-9300 printer how much there are you 
Are you in the sitting in the same pool with Dawn on that? Well, if it's happened two years in a row, like we talked about, uh, I do think that they have to look take a take a serious look at it. I don't know if I'd have fired him. Um, I maybe would have had him sit out the rest of this season, uh, especially if there really isn't much of a post uh, postseason for for Michigan right now. I don't follow it that close, and I have no idea if they're an NCAA tournament team, and, and frankly, don't care. It has nothing to do with the, with this argument. It has everything to do with a man's behavior, and uh, that's twice in two years. I'm going to effing kill you, he says to one coach last year, and now he's all of a sudden, you know, slapping somebody upside the head. Uh, in a back-to-back season, yep. I don't think I want him as my as my coach, or at least if uh, if he has a uh, a track record of doing lots of other good, and, and sometimes you have to take that into account. You don't suspend him for the rest of the year, ordering him to go to to anger management classes, keep him away from the athletic department, keep okay. him away from student athletes, and get him fixed. I, I don't know if he's a broken man. I don't know if this is who he is. I don't know Jawan Howard that much and don't really care about Jawan Howard that much. But what I've seen twice in the last 12 months, there's an issue there. Ah, uh, Jawan. Um, I would not fire him for this. Well, um, would you fire him for last year when he threatened to effing kill somebody? No, another I, coach? I, I have to go back and see all that. I don't remember that. I don't remember that even being a big deal last year. I don't remember hearing about that. So it was in the in the in the shake hands line. He did it. He just said something to him, and somebody caught it on a mic. I need to go back and do research on that. But certainly. I'm giving him a zero tolerance policy moving forward. I mean, we can't have just anything like this again. Certainly not on the on the on the court. But I mean, a lot of dudes get fired for practice antics. I mean, what's going on at these practices? I'm gonna maybe do some further investigations on this. And look, maybe it wasn't a punch, but it's pretty damn close. It was a physical, violent strike. Juwan Howard struck the Matt, Matt, I'm sorry, the Wisconsin coach on purpose, with intent, with harm, right? Prater, you saw it a million times. He open-fisted it, maybe to make it look like it wasn't an actual punch, but he struck him. He put his hands on him. Because and, somebody called a timeout. Oh, my feelings were hurt because of a timeout. Oh, they were full-court press. My feelings are hurt. So oh. bad, right? Just, I mean, this is the sports you love ballgame. Jawan Howard was the one being the jerkwad initially saying, okay, uh, guard put all his walk-on backups in, but I'm going to leave my starters in and we're going to press the hell out of them. Okay. Children, children, yeah, yeah. children. So the Wisconsin coach is like, well, okay, if you're going to do that, I'm going to call a timeout real quick and I'm going to teach my kids a press break. Okay, and that irritated Jawan Howard so much so that obviously Jawan Howard reacted the way he did now part of me wants to think and i don't i'm just speculating part of me wants to think that this whole melee was exactly what juan howard wanted why uh, because he doesn't control his anger well and he wanted a reason to get into a scrum or to get into somebody's face and that's just how you know this you've dealt with some people we all have listening to this show some people they lose their cool in these situations and the only trigger they have is violence and they want to kick your ass sea bass well if he wanted to do this then he should be fired immediately you just told me that you wouldn't fire him but you just also acknowledge you think he did it on purpose. I can't prove it. I can't prove it. But it seems to me, Jawan Howard wanted Greg Gard to grab him by the arm so he could say, don't effing touch me, man. Get your hands off me. Get your hands off of me. Like You see the coaches kind of do that handshake grab a lot, 
and it, it's never any violent or it's never it has any malice towards it at all. Jawan Howard, what Greg Gard should have done, in all things considered, he should have just let Jawan Howard leave and blow the steam off, and then it would have been fine. But he didn't. He wanted to say, hey, coach, here's the reason I did this. You were pressing my guys. I called a timeout. Hey, what? come on, man. Be fair here. What's going on? And Jawan Howard obviously didn't handle it the right way, and he punched. He, he didn't struck. punch. He yeah. struck. Yeah, a violent slap. I mean, a yeah. slap is a strike. Yeah. Pretty weak, actually. No, Not that man. I'm defending him. It was, yeah, seriously, yeah. don't put your hands on anybody. Well, no, man. I understand that. Keep your hands to yourself. Well, if dude. That goes with that thing. That's two, you're arguing two different things. You don't touch anybody. Period. But it wasn't a violent slap by any means. You don't think there was violence in that? Oh, well, violence of, in general, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't an overly hard. It was kind of of a wimpy slap. I'm not defending him or mm. saying his his punishment should be less because it was a wimpy slap. He should be punished more because it was a wimpy slap. Oh my gosh. That was sarcastic ball game. Oh my gosh! I, I, you know, <laughs> yes. If he did this on purpose, like you think he did, he should be fired. Hundred percent. If that's the but case. you don't but think he should be fired. I can't prove it, man. But you think he did. So yeah. you you have to if you, if you think he did it on purpose, then you think he should be fired. Mm. And and I don't know if maybe I think he should be fired even if he did do it on purpose. If that's ultimately what he wanted out of it. Here's the other thing that bugs me about it though. You the players start throwing punches, Prater. And, I, I saw one. And it, seemed, one. it seemed to me that the players were like, oh, okay, coach is now getting into it, so now we can get yes. into it, too. That goes without okay. saying. Yeah, all right, it's a fight. It's a brawl. We just lost a basketball game. We're all pissed off. Let's kick somebody's butt. And, you know, these student-athletes are playing at this such a high level of competition. I mean, it's very emotional, and sometimes you just want to – Put your hands up and sock somebody, but you cannot. And when you see your coach do it, okay, fair game here. This, the whole the whole thing was ugly, but uh, no, I I guess I'm talking out of my butt, right? I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I I can't see firing him for this, but at the same time, man, I I, I just think ugh, I don't know. I'll shut up. <laughs> what do you guys think? Two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. Fat guys first jelly hotline. Uh, we got the one call from Dawn. Appreciate that. He says he should be fired immediately. You can text those answers as well on this thing, JP. Chad from the Torch uh, just texted us, and he says the fake outrage over Jawan Howard is adorable. A little hate between boring Midwest teams is good for TV. Relax, people. That's Chad. yeah, I, Chad from the Torch. Chad at the Torch. Um. I, sure. I mean, if this is the WWE and it's all kind of scripted, heck yeah, that's, I mean, we're all talking about it. We all saw it, sure. But it's a horrible precedent to set. This is collegiate sports, and um, you're not going to get rid of the the handshake line, too. I've heard that argument. It's too heated. Stop with the handshake line, Brader. stop it. You know? Stop it. That's a dumb idea. You know, a lot of people are saying that as well. That doesn't make it right. Uh, yeah, There's a yeah. lot of people out there who are dumb. All right, let's take one more caller on this, Prater. Let's go to Ralph, as in puke. Ralph, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. You did it again, Johnny. Love it. Love you. Thanks, man. Uh, no, he he needs to be fired. Juwan Howard needs to be fired. That's, that's unconscionable. I agree with the other caller. Coaches don't do that. Uh, coaches, football coaches that grab players by the face mask and jerk them around or hit them, they should be gone. That's and they they did during the game. They did it in front of the other players. They're setting an example, and 
that's that's when I saw it, I said he he should be gone. It's not the suspension is not right. Brader, uh, I like your account, suggestion on Kellen Moore. I have one other suggestion: he, he went to the end zone a lot. How about a Kellen Moore end zone? Now, I have not seen a team name its end zone on the field. Oh, I see. Oh, so I, I my went my mind went straight to the bar across the street. That's oh. where my mind is right now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Putting Kellen Moore in the end zone, naming an end zone after Kellen Moore. Ooh, I kind of like that idea. I'm not sure if that could fly as easy as a boulevard, but yeah, I kind of like it. It's Never seen a team do that, but yeah. Well, remember when Cooper Manning, uh, they, when he went to Ole Miss this year, they painted the end zones Cooper Manning. Did they really yeah. for Cooper or was it on Eli? His recru- on, or not Cooper. Uh, the, it was Eli. No, the, uh, the Arch. kid. Archie. Who's the kid? Who's Arch. The, is that the, his name now? The kid right now who's yeah. playing in high school ball? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Arch Manning. When he went to Mississippi this year for his official recruiting visits, oh, they, they painted that? his first name and his last name in each of the end zones. Oh, I did not know that, what? man. I did not know that. Well, it's really no different than putting your name up on the big giant video board. Which I, yeah, they do, I thought which they, they did do. that maybe for Eli when it was like Eli no. Manning retirement day. No, They it did was... that for Arch. For, during his recruiting visit. Yes. All right. A quick little text. The Wisconsin go- coach was grabbing him as the arm first. What do you make of that? Technically, if, when things got grabby and physical and hand-on-hand, hand, it was Greg Gard, the Wisconsin coach, who started that. He yeah. grabbed Juwan Howard's arm. You just you saw it. I, I saw him put his hand on his arm. I saw Juwan Howard grab that coach's, and I don't even know his name, uh, clothing in his chest. It was quite the aggressive move compared to what the other coach kind of grabbed him by the by the collar and kind of said, "Don't you touch me!" No, he gro- yeah, one hand yeah. he grabbed him by the clothes and the chest. Okay, all right. JP's got Leon Rice coming up next. Your Boise State head men's basketball coach, big game tonight against San Diego State. Leon Rice going to talk about playing a defensive battle because tonight, heck, it might be another one like it was last month. JP, let's get to the news and coming up around the corner, rock jocks in pop culture. Play some trivia as well on Prater in the Ball Game, Idaho Sports Talk. You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 953 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. Sports Radio 953 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. Hang around. We've got $50 to Twisted District up for grabs in Rock Jocks and Pop Culture in about eight minutes or so. That's our sweet deal, also. This Friday morning, 9 a.m. at KTIK.com. But first, Boise State uh, welcomes San Diego State tonight at Extra Mile Arena. The Aztecs come into the game on a five-game win streak. And Boise State 12-2 and in conference games. The previous meeting between the two uh, was a low-scoring defensive game. The Broncos coming out on top 42-37. Leon Rice said yesterday, when points are at a premium, it makes every position uh, possession, that is, very important. You know, one point here or there. You know, your record could be completely flipped, and I've never seen a year that has so so many of those. And not just us, really, when you look throughout the league, you know, and one of the teams we just played was in that kind of situation. And uh, you could look up and down the league, and it's like that. So, yeah, they, they every possession is so important, and um, the ones down the stretch are the ones you all remember, but there's, there's a lot of big ones uh, throughout the game. Seems to me like Boise State's played a lot of pretty tight games this year. If you go back and look at the schedule, you know, I think I counted up, I don't know how many I counted up, but a lot of games between, you know, less than 10 points or three points here the last couple games. Uh, Very tight, very tight, nerve-wracking games. And they've been, I mean, they've been fortunate, right? They've been on the, the winning side of a lot of those close games. And I truly believe that, 
being able to win close games in the last few minutes of a game, I, I fully believe that that is a developed skill that good teams are able to develop where bad teams might not be. And Boise State has been able to develop that skill. And that wasn't always the case with this team, Prater, but they've been, I know Boise State fan wants to knock on wood here, they've been good in what they call, I guess, crunch time this season more often than not. Give them credit. Let's uh, take a look at a couple of uh, different bracketologists. TBS Sports' Jerry Palm, he released his NCAA tournament bracket predict- prediction. He's got Boise State an 8 seed, facing the 9 seed Davidson in Portland. If that's the case, that would mean a potential second-round matchup with Gonzaga. Oh, that would be fun. Dude. Joe Lunardi has the uh, Broncos as the Mountain West automatic qualifier, which I think he does automatically. If you're leading the league, you get the automatic qualifier spot. But as a 7 seed, he's got them taking on North Carolina the tournament. That'd be fun. Well, like the Tar Heels? That's, yeah. uh, unless I looked at it so wrong. They, so he's got North Carolina as a 10 and Boise State as yes. a 7. Okay, yes. one yeah. of those deals. Okay. See, I'd rather, if I'm Boise State fan, I like the 8-9 where you said Davidson in Portland. Davidson mm-hmm. is in North Carolina. That's a long trip all the way to Moda Center. And Davidson now, Prater, plays in the Atlantic 10 I'd much rather, if I'm a Boise State fan, want that Atlantic 10 matchup than that big ACC powerhouse, right? I mean, I think that's a big part of it. But if you were to get your first uh, ever NCAA tournament win coming against North Carolina, that would sound pretty good. That that would sound pretty good. I, I would like the matchup. You know, you guys are chasing ghosts and history and <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Give me the X's and O's matchup. You know, that's that's what I would look for. USFL will hold a 35-round draft over the next couple of days, starting tonight with rounds 1 through 12. Draft is going to go by positions with quarterbacks taken in the 1st and 12th rounds. Edge rushers, defensive ends, offensive tackles, and cornerbacks are going to make up rounds 2 through 11 tomorrow. They, they, two of the draft starts with wide receivers working their way down to long snappers. And in case you're wondering, former Boise State quarterback Montel Cozart and kicker Tyler Rossa mm-hmm. are uh, two guys that are in the player pool of potential drafts. Chances, Michael Forrest Prater, that Montel Cozart or Tyler Rossa are starting for the USFL when play begins in April. Until this story happened, I have no I didn't even know there was a USFL, so I have no idea to answer your question. My track record on this show for uh, extracurricular football is uh, long and true. I am not changing it. The what? What draft? Who? What? The uh, thirty-five rounder, Prater. Yeah, I'm USFL. Gonna, I, I'm going to pass, and, yeah. and I'm going to hope that neither one of them get drafted because they'll be out of a job in ten days. Oh man! <laughs> Think about all those long snappers, though. You know, some dudes are going to get a long snapping pro football job, and they were maybe working IT at some corporation a couple of weeks ago. Good for them. S- stick with the IT corporation. <laughs> Yeah, it has benefits, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Finally, uh, the Hawaii Storm boys basketball team, they're going to play for an SIC district championship Friday night in their first season as a school. Hawaii beat Meridian last night, tight 157-54 in the semifinals of the district tournament. They will play number one seed Eagle, yes. who beat Mountain View last night as well. The boys' state basketball tournament start next week. This weekend, the state wrestling tournament's are Friday and Saturday in Pocatello. Pretty cool story there, Prater, with Cody Pickett and that Eagle team being the number one seed. He missed significant time dealing with you know his personal situation. Yeah, that's yeah, been yeah. well documented on our show. And 
here they are a win away from districts, and of course they're going to the state. But another cool story with Hawaii, you know, a rookie. Didn't they have like a collection of all stars though? Can't you go wherever you want? I have no idea. Okay, I'm not sure the makeup, but uh, they did have the potential to have you know put a put put a, put a pretty good team together. Someone was yeah. telling me like they it's like an, like a, a local super team, like a bunch of good players from all other schools all transferred to Hawaii to play together. I don't know. You guys can text me and tell me if I'm right or wrong on that. I have. No idea. I thought somebody told me that, though. Let's give away a certificate to the Twisted District. If you haven't hung out and ate at Twisted District, you are missing out. We'll give you that opportunity if you call 208-424-9300. Play Rock Jocks and Pop Culture, brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling. JP, I need a contestant. I want winners today. I want a Wall of Famer today. 208-424-9300. Give us a call. Play rock, jocks, and pop culture. We're doing it next on Idaho Sports Talk. Idaho Sports Talk presents Rock, Jocks, and Pop Culture. The game many of you play while driving home and contemplating your life choices. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. All right, here we go. We're brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling. We'll tell you about them a little bit later. But first, let's talk to Devin in Boise. He is today's Rock Jocks and Pop Culture contestant. Devin, welcome to Idaho Sports Talk. What's on your mind, man? How you been? Doing well, Johnny. Thanks for having me on. Big fan of the show. You are? Okay. Well, we're big fans of you, Dev. We appreciate our listeners, and uh, let's see if we can hook you up to Twisted District. You ever been there before? I have not, no. Hell yeah, man. It's on Chindin, right, guys? Hell yeah. All right. We'll get you there. I've been there once, and I had a delightful time. Here we go. Rock, jocks, pop culture. You get two lifelines, Prater and JP. Here we go, Devin. The Rock. Name the band... After I mention some album titles the band has. Here are the titles. Life is Peachy. Issues. The Path of Totality and Requiem. Which band has those album titles? Very popular band. You know, uh, nothing rings a bell at all, Johnny. I will uh, use a lifeline and go to JP. You. Yeah. Give me those again real quick, Johnny. Yeah. Life is Peachy. Issues, which was a huge album, Issues. The Path of Totality and Requiem. So uh, kind of a, a new heavy metal, new metal rock band. New metal rock band. Yep. Um, yep. Hmm. Boy, Devin, I'm not going to be much help. I'm just going to take a flyer. Uh, new heavy metal rock band. I'm going to say um, Cinderella. Interesting. Nothing new about Cinderella, JP. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> They're like new in the 80s. Like, yeah, what the Alice true. Cooper Cinderella? Well, I told you I was going to take a flyer. That was a bad that, flyer. That sounds good. We'll, we'll go with Cinderella final answer. Bad breaks and crooked riffs. Mm-hmm. Any idea, Prater? No? Nothing rings a bell on that Damn. one at all. I'm having a hard one getting rock with corn. Uh, corn. Hmm. New metal, heavy mm. metal, new corn? Yeah. Well, I'm not fans of corn. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Over oh, one. Next one. Here we go, Devin. Let's see if you can nail this sucker. Okay. The Michigan Fab Five. They lost the national championship game two straight years. 92 and 93. Name the two teams that beat them. Talking the final four um. national championship. 
the Fab Five, Michigan. Speaking of Jawan Howard, he was one of them. And um, they went to the national championship game two straight years. They lost both games. Who did they lose to? It was in my apartment in Kansas watching this game with my wife, and I believe they lost to Duke when he called the timeout with none left. And I don't recall the other game. Um, go with you, Prater. I'm almost positive the timeout game was against North Carolina. Okay. But I have no idea on the second game. And I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm 85% sure on the timeout game, but I thought the timeout game was North Carolina. Might have been. We'll go with uh, North Carolina and Duke. Final answer. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Well done, guys. Nice. Nailed it. Yes, and and you are right. The timeout game was North Carolina in the Superdome the year before. Um, Duke ended up hammering them. It was close at halftime, and then Duke just ran away. I don't remember that one at all. And that was that Duke team with Leitner, Bobby Hurley, and Grant Hill. They were they were really tough, man. Well done, though, Devin. Okay. It's going to come down to this for the Twisted District gift certificate here. Okay, Devin, just by knowing you for the last four minutes, I think you got a pretty good chance to get this one, man. Um, here we go. Devin, which sitcom starring Topher Grace and Ashton Kutcher debuted on Fox in 1998? The 70s show. Final answer. It is my understanding that we're up. supposed to play ball. Well done, mm-hmm. Devin. No wild theme performance. It's probably my bad on picking corn, but you guys can let me know out there in the in the text world if corn was too easy or too difficult. But nonetheless, Devin, enjoy Twisted District, and thanks for being a big fan of the show, bud. Hey, thanks, guys. Absolutely. Uh, have a great one. We will, Appreciate man. Appreciate being on. Absolutely. Devin, he's going to get that. Uh, did you ever see that 70s show? I've never even heard of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's pretty, Sorry, dude. It's kind of funny, man. Probably <laughs> that's, remember, that's the name of it, That 70s Show? Yeah, yeah. And it's about, I've heard of Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, he was a big big draw in that. Who was the other person? Uh, Topher Grace. Is that a guy or a gal? It's a guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 God, uh, Jackie, I loved her in that movie. I can't remember her name, though, the actress or that TV show. But it would have reminded me of Mike Prater in high school. What does that mean? That 70s show. Like, you probably wore, like, kind of bell-bottom type of pants. Well, everybody yeah. did yeah, when yeah, I yeah. was my age. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was the fashion of those things to do. Kind of reminds me of Prater and Hutch, hanging yeah. out in your buddy's parents' basement, doing things you probably shouldn't be doing. That was in college. In high school, I was always working, unfortunately. I was I, I worked all the time. I, I had, like, four jobs in, college, in high school. I can't believe that, man. Yeah, I, I partied I, my tail off in high school. I was a very, very, very good boy in high school. I was school. horrible in high school. That's <laughs> odd, man. But you probably passed me or lapped me in college a couple times, man. Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> Advanced Heating and Cooling, appreciate you guys. Join their team of dedicated long-term employees. How? Well, easy. They are hiring. So go to their website, advancedheatingandcooling.com, talking about a family atmosphere. They throw in vacation pay. They throw in insurance, benefits. They'll even guarantee full-time hours for you. Not everybody is doing that now. Well, why? They're kicking butt in the HVAC game, and they need help. They'll even pay for your schooling if that's the direction you want to go into. I'm serious. Go to advancedheatingandcooling.com and take advantage, man. Take advantage of these great offers. Prater, 
several Boise State players who are now in the NFL, who have been in the NFL, their future NFL career, holy smokes, it's at a crossroads. 19 former Boise State players on NFL rosters as we speak right now. 14 of them. Their futures are absolutely 100% undecided right now. Text a Boise State NFL guy right now. Give me the name of a player that you think is probably on the outside looking in to continue his NFL career. We want to hear from you. Until then, hey, it's 5 o'clock, baby. Let's have some fun. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. If you missed Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ball game, you missed this. Talking to Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson today. If you haven't heard the news, the College Football Management Committee Board of Directors have put a halt to the college football playoff expansion. Do you have an emotional reaction to today's news? I wasn't shocked. In a singular word, frustrated. I, I still believe in playoff expansion. I think playoff expansion will happen. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ball game. Weekdays at 3 on Sports Radio The Ticket. What's going on and welcome. We hope it's your favorite sports talk radio program, Idaho Sports Talk Prater and the ball game here on 95.3 KTIK, the ticket, taking your calls and texts, same number, 208-424-9300. We're going to get you set for Boise State, San Diego State this hour. We'll do some good feedback finale, but first Prater, uh, NFL free agency around the corner and I mean a, a large number of former Boise State players, you know, finding their NFL career at a crossroads. And we got the entire list made up and kind of wanted to talk about this for a second. But before we get into the players who are at a crossroads, where we don't know the future of their career, they don't know the future of their career, there's a there's a select few who we do. Out of the 19 Boise State players on NFL rosters right now, I, I consider five locked in, loaded, ready to go. Nothing's going to change. Charles Leno, three-year, $37.5 million contract. He's locked in with Washington. John Bates, he's got uh, three years left on his rookie deal, locked in with Washington. Ezra Cleveland, two years left on his rookie deal with the Vikings, locked in. Alexander Madison, he does have one year left on his rookie deal, and he's locked in with the Vikings, but this is a contract year, and in the National Football League, a contract year is a very, very important year. So I didn't put him at the crossroads, but it's a very important year for him. Mm -hmm. And then Avery Williams, three years left on his rookie deal. He is locked in with the Falcons. Fourteen other players that all played for Boise State are now in the NFL. They're all looking at a crossroads type of an offseason. They could either stay with their team, move to a different team, change teams, get out of the league. I mean, every one of these 14 guys has an offseason that's going to kind of keep them up at nights for the next couple months. What are the biggest names, you think? How do we want to start with this thing? I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is the the richest of these players on this list, correct, of ex-Boise State players? Yeah, he's got two years left on his contract. And, uh, you know, there's talk about restructuring his contract, maybe taking a pay cut. Uh, forcing Jerry Jones to make a decision. I mean, that's essentially what it's coming down to here. All the Dallas media is reporting that one of those three things is going to have to happen. Restructure your deal, take a massive pay cut, or force Jerry Jones to make a decision. Uh, the guaranteed part, here's the, here's the best part for Jerry Jones. The guaranteed part of Demarcus Lawrence's $105 million contract has been paid. It's in the rearview mirror. Oh, wow. The Dallas Cowboys owe him zero guaranteed money. You can cut Demarcus Lawrence right now 
and it will cost you $8 million. Yep, from your cap next yes, year. From your yeah. cap next year. Which so. makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, you don't want to see Tank, who's still in the prime of his career. Is he? Just walk. Is I mean, he? He's, he's, Is he? He's 29. Is he in the prime? I mean, I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about productivity. Yeah. No, he hasn't been productive at all. Okay, he so he's not in the prime healthy, of his career. But uh, he's at the prime age. He's still. He's not at the age where I would say, you know what, he's done. I would agree with that. So I mean, I could still see Tank bouncing back with a double-digit sack season. But if Dallas doesn't want to pay anywhere, I mean, because he's not making anywhere. He's not doing anywhere close to that. I just wonder if Dallas wants to let a guy like that of that talent go, but hey, maybe they don't see it that way anymore because well, it's just not healthy all that I much. don't think that's what they want to do. I think uh, in the business of the NFL, you have to make these decisions every single year with your roster. And uh, there's a lot of speculation that Demarcus Lawrence is going to end up with the Jets. Uh, so he's got a coach over there. There's some they got some they got some very healthy cap space over there, and, and they can pick up an awful lot of that. There are three unrestricted free agents. And uh, I'll just kind of go in order here of how Pro Football Focus ranked these. Pro Football Focus ranked the top 200 free agents going into this offseason. And Leighton Vander Esch, the linebacker out of Dallas, is the 63rd ranked free agent going into this offseason. Leighton Vander Esch, you know, we know the story, we know the background. He actually graded out this past season higher than any season he's had this year or in his career, except for that rookie season. Wow. So he's rebounded pretty hard after three up and down seasons, and he's got that going for him. But we know the injury issues out there. Uh, we know all that kind of stuff. Um, he's got to be on a certain team. Uh, he's basically a one-skilled guy. He can shed blockers. He can roam all over the sideline, sideline to sideline, and he can be one hell of an active tackler and just go out there and create chaos and havoc. And, and, and I think that that's what his specialty, that's what his expertise is. Pro Football Focus says he is projected to sign a three-year, $25.5 million contract. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess it's not going to be with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Cedric Wilson is the 103rd-ranked pro football focus free agent going into this offseason. The Dallas Cowboys are going to have some decisions to make there. They're not going to be able to keep Cooper and Gallup. Uh, maybe they can't keep both of them, and all of a sudden they need Cedric to be the, the, the one or the 1A guy. I don't think they're going to go quite in that direction. But uh, Cedric Wilson coming off a monster season. He's done fantastic work. I think he's earned himself a big, big contract. And according to Pro Football Focus, He's going to get a two-year, $11 million deal. So that's not big money. Uh, two years, $11 million with $7 million guaranteed. I mean, he really was the four-string ty- uh, wide receiver for Dallas, and he did show a lot of promise, but he's not a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two in the National Football League. And then Matt Paradis is also an unrestricted free agent. Pro Football Focus has him ranked 132nd in terms of a uh, the free agent rankings going into this offseason. Uh, injuries, uh, coming off of a major injury. He's 32 years old right now. He's going to get one more year in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be with the Carolina Panthers, uh, and they're projecting him to get just a one-year, $3.5 million contract. So they're, you know, they are projecting that Paradis will get one more year in the league. I, I would be nervous there that nobody comes calling for Matt Paradis, that he's too expensive at this point for a one-year guy who they don't feel can stay healthy, but all the, all the more power to him. Hopefully he does get that deal. Cedric Wilson's interesting here in Dallas real quick, Prater, because I agree with you. Amari Cooper looks like they may have to cut him. He's, he's making $20 million. That's too much. Michael Gallup, they can't re-sign. Same type of field. That way, that may 
C.D. Lamb that makes your you number go. one. There you go. That's that right. makes C.D. Lamb. Still on his rookie contract. Yes. yes. You're your right. number one, and then you need to hope that you can have Cedric Wilson be a two or still stay in that three, three role three. and try to find a two either in the draft or in the bargain clearance basement somewhere. So maybe we could see that. I will say this. Of the guys that you just mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, the unrestricted free agents, Leighton Vanderesh, no question, I think, is on a different team. You just look what Dallas is doing. They're, they they can't keep guys like that. They don't need Leighton Vanderesh anymore compared to uh, other positions that they do need. LVE is going to get a good deal somewhere. I, I think he's going to get a right around what they said on Pro Football Focus. Good for him. He stays in the league. Cedric Wilson, I say the same thing to. He's just, Cedric Wilson's going to be on some team. I don't know if it'll be Dallas. We'll see. But Matt Paris, for me, that's the one I'm circling. Hopefully he can hang around for another year or two in this league. I kind of thought this last year, Prater, was kind of his hang around league or hang around season. But we'll see, man. When he's healthy. I mean, he gives you 100%, literally, Prater. He plays every snap. He does, and he's that guy you want on your team if he is healthy. Yeah. You know, he may, be, he may be at the point of his career. I think he's made about $34 million, if I remember right, in his Two career. Two contracts, man. So he's yeah. got a couple of nice – he's got he's done a nice job for himself. Maybe the rehab doesn't go well enough and, and, and he doesn't play. Maybe that's his decision. He's got all kinds of options, and, and life will work out great for Matt Paradis. Some of these other guys – Brett Rippon is a restricted free agent with Denver. They have no idea what they're going to do with quarterback one, two, three, or four there. They're a complete total disaster. Marcus Henry has got one year left with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, no contract. Darian Thompson, no contract. And then the other guys that I'm talking about, Dante Dion, unrestricted free agent, is like those other guys, but he didn't crack the top 200. Uh, He did put out a tweet today saying uh, it's time to go off and – prove my worth or something like that. So uh, he is very much a uh, free agent out there. I have no idea if the Rams have any interest in resigning him, but I- I'm assuming that Dante Dion is going to go out and shop himself and see what he can find. Yep. It'll it'd be lukewarm response just based on his size, based on everything that we know. It has nothing to do with talents and heart, but uh, that size, that model that doesn't really work. Four guys have signed what is now called a reserved futures contract. That means you were not on the active roster this past season, but we going to sign you to a contract, and that means that gives us the first right to negotiate when league business opens on March 16th. But Hightower has a new one-year contract, a reserve futures contract for $825,000. Malshawn, the same for $705,000. The Browns just signed Curtis Weaver to a one-year reserves future contract for $705,000. And then David Moa did the same with the New York Giants, $825,000. They can either give them those contracts starting March 16th or just flat-out cut him and tell him to go find another job. Most of those players that you just named on those reserve contract deals, Prater, probably won't be in the league. And if they are, they're on a practice squad. You know, uh, there could be a massive decline of ex-Boise State Broncos in the NFL next season. This is a really pivotal year, I think, 2022, because 19 players on rosters, that's a good amount, right? I mean, we're not talking an SEC power, but for a group of five school, that's a lot of kids. There's no other Mountain West school that has 19 dudes in the pros. I could bet my money on that, right? At Boise State, if they lose seven or eight of these, all of a sudden that Boise State will get you to the NFL thing, to me, gets a little slimmer. Yeah, a little bit. Let's wait and see what happens. I, I think most of these guys will end up. Yeah, if there's 19 players in the league now, and let's go ahead and make that 20 with Khalil Shakir. Good point. Um, I, yeah, I think you could probably be down in the 13 to 15 range. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if some of these guys don't work out the way 
You know, the Tanner Vallejos, he's got one year left on his two-year deal. Next year, though, is a contract year. But he's, you know, Tanner, guys like, guys like, uh, you know, Tanner Vallejo and um, some of these other guys are just, uh, I I was thinking maybe like a, uh, like a John Hyde. These guys are one day away from not being in the league, period. Absolutely. Right. David Moa is in that boat, I think. And he's had, seems like, nine lives of his career in college and in the pros. The name I wanted to circle back on, Curtis Weaver, you know, who was such a beast here, left early, all-time Mountain West sack record. He had another year of eligibility, as far as I can remember, Prater. Mm -hmm. And his NFL career just hasn't gotten going, and he was drafted. And then he was cut by the team that drafted him. And then he was cut by the team that 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 team traded him to. And he's bouncing around, and he's just kind of hanging by the skin of his teeth with Cleveland, and I just want to see if there's something happening there. I mean, Curtis Weaver could find himself as kind of a guy who was who was a, a never was, yep. and we end we up going back. Whatever, why did it never even work? I don't know if he's been active for an NFL game yet. No, Prater, he, he hasn't. He has not. Not that I, I'm almost positive he's never been activated. Gosh, man! So that's the name that kind of sticks out for me there too. But I will say this: the guys that we first mentioned. The Bates, the Cleveland, the Avery Williams. I mean, they're set on their rookie deals. Those guys look like they're progressing just well. So I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, Boise State has nobody left in the NFL. Not the case. And obviously Shakir's coming. And he could come with maybe a day two draft grade, right, Prater? Second or third round, I think. We could see Shaq fall in. But, uh, I would go, yeah, second day. I'm not sure if I'd go as high as second round. We'll see what happens at the Combine. That's a big one. And I only say that's because it's a deep, deep, deep wide receiver field. Uh, you know, there, there, there's going to be six wide receivers taking in the in the first round. Uh, Khalil Shakir is not even in the top ten ranked as a wide receiver going into this draft cycle, but he, he's right there after that. Oh, by the way, uh, Curtis Weaver did play in one game last year. Okay, he got in a game. He got into one game last year and 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 had um, he, he got uh, he got a stat. He got, he got a blitz. He got one blitz. He blitzed. <laughs> I'm looking your... at the stats here on NFLReference.com. One game, zero starts, one blitz, one quarter. What's a QBKD? Quarterback. A knockdown. It's a okay, knockdown. okay a there knockdown. you go. Yeah, he got a, so he got a blitz and a QB knockdown. He put a quarterback on his back. Okay. I think I remember that. Play Good for now. him. I think I remember that video. Now. Maybe he hangs. I don't know, but I'd be real nervous if I was John Hightower, John Molshon, Marcus Henry, Darian Thompson, Curtis Weaver, Dante Dion, that group. David Moe, I can throw in there. I don't. Jeremy I, McNichols, I throw gosh, him in there. I have to throw the McWeapon in there too, but I like him because he comes on the show. And, and that's a reason to uh, address his NFL future? Yes, let's keep him in the league. Let's keep him coming on this well, show. Well, we all want to keep him all in the league. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of these guys that um, might be lucky to stay on a practice squad. Darian Thompson, I will say this. He's had a nice little career. Yes. He's been in the league. He's played. He's started. Good for Darian. I mean, it's not going to last forever, and he's squeezed everything out of that pro sponge, if you ask me. Darian Thompson has. And uh, guys like Curtis Weaver, hey, man, they just, they just need another opportunity. They need to get that said. Uh, Johnny Ballgame, Mike Prater, Idaho Sports Talk. All right, Boise State, San Diego State. If the Broncos win tonight, they're going to do what? Text us, 208-424-9300. If Boise State beats San Diego State tonight, what is going to happen? We'll read some of these. We want to talk about this game. When we come back on Idaho Sports Talk, 
Sports Radio, the ticket. We've got your workdays covered. Jim Rome at 10, Rich Eisen at 1, and Prater in the ball game at 3. Eight hours of the best sports talk on Sports Radio, the ticket. Welcome back, Idaho Sports Talk. Prater in the ball game, and you know JP. Sometimes I mean, this is not in our normal bumper music card. I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm against it. It's the Hotel California, man. It's Eagles. Forty five years ago today, that song debuted. Forty five years ago today, that song debuted, and it's probably well, it's not probably. It's absolutely one hundred percent non debatable. One of the most iconic songs in the history of this planet. Are the Eagles American all yes, the way around? Yes, but I don't think they're Californian. And this song's all about California, greed, California, sex, drugs, rock and roll, women. I mean, the opening the opening totally. line is about this band driving into L.A. through the desert, the warm smell of Kalitas. I think that's flowers or something like that. Um, and these non-Californian kids are driving into L.A. <clears throat> And it's going to be either heaven or hell. That's how I. That's how I interpreted that song. You remember where you were the first time you heard this? No, God no. Wait, nineteen seventy-seven. I remember where I was. I was driving around in my Volkswagen Rabbit. You were four. <laughs> you weren't even born yet. I, I'm telling you, but the first time I heard it. Oh, okay. The first you time know? you heard it, like yeah, eight, four years ago. Like when I was in high school, I was driving around in a. 84 Volkswagen Rabbit with my buddies, and one of my buddies had like an Eagles Greatest Hits tape and put it on, and and I had never really, maybe I've heard it, but I didn't listen to it, if that makes sense, and I remember we were all going to the bowling alley, and it was like a Friday night, and and we listened to this song the whole way, and I was like, I love this, and then we listened to it on the way home, too, and I just, that's how I remember my first remembrance of Hotel California, man. JP, do you miss the days, albums are released now, and it's like you don't even care. It's just you yeah. want the song. I mean, when now. hotel when this album was released, I mean, it captivated this country for a month. Everybody just wanted the album. It was everywhere. Am I wrong, JP? No, I, I think you're right, Prater. And I, I read something recently where this, you know, it was like list of the top ten songs of the 1970s that define the 70s, and this was absolutely one of those songs. Hotel California. And, I, know, I think you, it's a top 100 in life. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, the impact, it, it was so huge. We all remember just that time. I don't remember specifically where I was. But. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I remember when albums would drop. Yeah, it was, me- it was me- mega. It was but not, not just drop, but, you know, people would go out and buy, uh, you know, 50 million in the first two weeks, and it was, all, it was the lead story on the news. Videos of people going to stores. Okay. You couldn't walk anywhere without hearing the Tower song. records. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, we'll move on. We'll talk some hoops. I get it. But I want to listen to the song. <laughs> okay, I, I got into this with a relative about the greatest American rock and roll bands of all time. So, like, the Beatles don't count, right? right? American no. only. We've had this Born, debate on this show several times. in America, oh. and it's different. Most of them, the Stones, I mean, most of them are, are, are not from here, right? But where are the Eagles on that list of greatest American rock and roll bands? They are the list, if you ask me. They're number one. Not even close. 
I mean, I know I know JP's going to come in with Tom Petty, but I don't consider even though okay. we had even though we had his band. Yeah. I, when I think of Tom Petty, I don't think of a great legendary band. I don't either. I think of an artist, Tom Petty, but and I don't even think I, Tom Petty would beat out the Eagles. Eagles, no. I don't, it's non-debatable. The Eagles are the and this isn't about your opinion or what you like or what you don't like. The Eagles are the greatest, most accomplished American and, band in music history. Period. Yeah, because I mean, Nirvana wasn't around long enough. Pearl Jam hasn't done enough. A lot of impact, right? A lot of impact. Totally, I would agree with Red that. Red Hot Chili Peppers are still going. Like yeah, I these would are put, bands. I would put them in, in those categories. The Ramones are they all American? Or the, are the, the Ramones were all American. Okay, yes. The Ramones, like I'm trying to come up with some of the others, but I mean, there's just not a lot. Like literally. the Ramones were very influential. Okay. Yeah, the the Eagles were not only influential, but you know, I mean, just the the Eagles were influential in two different genres of music: rock music, country music. That's true. Aerosmith, uh, definitely. They're on the, the list. They're American, right? They're, yeah, okay. And they're in the argument, but I don't think that they passed the Eagles. Uh, are, are we missing somebody? Two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. Yeah, that's a that's a fun conversation because you eliminate everybody who's not just the greatest American rock and roll bands of all time. I remember Bruce the last Springsteen. Time. He's a band. I mean, like I know we had his East band. Street, yeah, kind, of, kind of the Tom Petty thing, no, right? Yeah, no. It's not a band. Yeah. I remember when we, last time we had this conversation on the show, uh, we got like 200 responses and like 185 of them were European bands. So our audience just doesn't. Men at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Rolling <laughs> Stones. You know, just the yeah, audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no, it's just American only, but uh, fun Fun thing to have. All right. Sorry, we get, we sidetracked your basketball <laughs> second. If Johnny. Boise State basketball was an American rock band, who would they be? <laughs> Creed. <laughs> <laughs> JP. Are you talking history? Are you talking this week? Are you yeah. talking last week? No, I'm talking this year's team. This year's team's been consistent. You know, they perform in the clutch. Um, they like each other. They get along. Mm. I mean. You know, I I don't know. That's and, a good one. That's a good one. You got me off guard there. That's a good one. Journey? Because you don't stop believing. Is Journey on anywhere on that list? They're, they're all American, right? Journey, I, as far I, as you know? Yeah, probably. I despise Journey. I know. You're not a Journey guy. I, just, I, I hate them. They're like my worst. I hate them. I hate Journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, yeah, they're on, they're on, my, my opinion aside, they're on the list. They're not better than, they're not. They're not better than the Eagles, and I'm not talking about taste. I'm talking about accomplishments. What about Creedence, Clearwater Revival? Are they are they close to the Eagles? No, not even close. They're not even close. Okay, no. I'm trying. To, okay, Any, somebody said the Beach Boys, and I would have to agree. The Beach Boys, love them or hate them, would have to be top three, top four Gosh. on that list for sure. Wow. I don't think they beat the Eagles, but they're on that list. I know they're I debatable. Think, I think I have them ahead of the Eagles on my list. I love the, the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. Yeah. Well, this isn't a. This isn't your. We're, we're talking about the most accomplished money, album sold. And the Eagles have been more successful. It's not, it's not even close. It's not even close? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I, the Beast Boys, to me, and I know they follow absolutely in rock and roll, but they're a little more poppy. I don't know. I mean, we're, Again, we're not talking taste, dude. You know? Because that turns it into a crazy conversation. It has nothing to do with taste. Because Metallica? I love Metallica. They're American, right? Give me a Met- I'd take Metallica every day over and, Eagles, but they're not better than the Eagles. Okay, they're not in terms more. of a- accomplishments. Yeah, like if you go into the their basement or the Hall of Fame or whatever, and you have a list of accomplishments, no one for you beats the Eagles. Yeah, like I don't I probably mean, not. Facts yeah. are facts are facts, dude. Yeah, yeah, I got to look that up. 
I'm going to I'm going to de- take a deep dive into the Eagles Wikipedia page tonight. Well, I, if it's on Wikipedia, I'm sure it'll be true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good argument. Well, why don't you is, do some research on who Cecil Andrus and Frank Church yeah, are? Yeah, exactly. A little more local, Johnny. A little more local flavor. Cecil Andrus? Just don't just stop talking. <laughs> Frank Church? I should know who those guys are. You should. Stop There's a whole to, wilderness area yeah. named okay. after Frank Church, Johnny. <laughs> all right. All right. I oh, yeah. I think Boise State wins tonight. I'll just say that. Actually, I don't know if I say that. Does Boise State win tonight? Uh, sure. But it doesn't Gosh. matter if they win or lose. Yeah, I think it does uh, a little at least. A little. I mean, a little. You know, yeah, I'll give you that. A little. Yeah, it gives you a little. You want to win for all the right reasons. You know, we talked about this in October, November, and we were like, dude, to, to help this football program, Leon Rice, get to the tournament, you know? And it looks like he's going to do it. I would agree with that. Is he going? Is he the front runner to win Mountain West Coach of the Year in your opinion, Leon Rice, with the job he's done this year? If you had a vote, uh, let's wait and see who wins the title. Because uh, Linder, if he wins the title, I'm gonna, giving it to him. Whoever mm-hmm. wins the regular season championship, that's who. It's one of those deals. I don't remember yeah. where either one of those teams were ranked. I don't think either one of them were ranked high in the preseason poll. But no, I don't either. Yeah. No, and they, they, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It, 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 apparently. Andy Avalos tweeted something out that he might be at the game tonight. What does that do for you that the star football coach is, you know, sitting courtside or wherever he's see, see, sitting supporting this thing? Is that a big deal? Because you know that pumps me up. Um, no, you just don't care. No, yeah, I don't. What about the thousand rally towels they're giving out tonight? Not too shabby. Uh, how about giving out eight thousand of them? Did, you know, why did, did you? Did, I, I made fun of the rally towels last week, and you guys made fun of me for making fun of them. You went to the game on Saturday. Did you see one? No. I mean, I saw was, people having them. Was it impactful at all? No. When you give away a rally towel, do you envision 10,000 people waving white flags at just complete total hysteria? Those are fun. Yes. That's, that, that's, 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 uh, uh, didn't even come close to that. That's happen. the point of that. Like, you know, terrible towel, Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, everybody is waving their towels in the air. I didn't see enough of that on Saturday. And if 1,000 towels, that's going to be tough to do. So we'll see if we see it tonight, man. All right. Uh, good stuff. Who's going to the game? Let us know. 208-424-9300. Until then, let's hop on a soapbox. I'm going to talk about a team that never won anything, but, man, did they help merge college basketball and music. And that's on my soapbox. We're doing it next. Don't miss these soapboxes today. Prater in the ball game. If you've got three minutes, we've got some self-important things to say. It's the 90-second soapbox with Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio The Ticket. You know, it's interesting, and I don't know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. The head coach at San Diego State, who you're going to watch tonight, Brian Dutcher, um, he's been with Steve Fisher forever. He coached, and he recruited the Fab Five, Chris Weber, Jalen Rose, Jawan Howard, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, all those guys. And he's been a lifer in college basketball. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this because when I was a kid, a very young, impressionable, nerdy, white, suburban middle school kid growing up in the suburbs of Seattle, I was in middle school when the Fab Five came out. And man, like I probably should have rooted for a team like Duke. I hated Duke. I wanted to wear the black hat. And Michigan... When they tur- when they came with the Fab Five, when they got the baggy shorts and the black Nike socks, everybody wanted it. The, the, I never played basketball again in small, tight shorts ever again. I needed baggy shorts. I needed 
black socks. I needed the Air Max. And if the Fab Five have any legacy ever, it's, for me, putting them as much or more responsible with the merging of basketball and hip-hop music. Allen Iverson has something to say on this, too. Michael Jordan wasn't hanging out with Tupac. Magic Johnson wasn't hanging out much with LL Cool J. The NBA and hip-hop weren't best friends when I was growing up. And then the Fab Five came out. And they had the baggy shorts and the black socks and the cornrows, whatnot, Allen Iverson. It's never been the same. So when you watch San Diego State's head coach tonight, he is partly responsible for that just by saying, sure, whatever, wear whatever the hell type of shorts you want. Get off it! I love the National Football League, and I'm a big fan of Amazon, although I use it too much, and it spends way too much money delivering crap to my front door every single day. We know that these two business, these two powerful, powerful businesses are getting together next year. If you haven't heard already, Amazon will take over the National Football League Thursday night schedule starting next year, and I believe it's only going to be on streaming. As a matter of fact, I know it's only going to be. You have to be a prime customer to watch NFL Thursday nights next year. Here's where Amazon is out of bounds. They now want to broadcast an NFL football game, and they're just getting their greedy little hands all over this thing on Black Friday, and they want to do it for a reason. What's the biggest reason why we call it Black Friday? It's shopping, right? And most of us don't stand at 6 o'clock in the morning for a $30 television set. We get on Amazon and do our Black Friday shopping. And now they want to link a National Football League game on Black Friday to promote their shopping on Black Friday. It's too much for me. It's absolutely way too much for me. I don't want football, the National Football League on Friday. I gave Johnny lots of crap last year when he said he didn't want the National Football League to go to 17 games because it was more football, and he just didn't want to do the math of the standings. He thought 8-8 eight and eight or 9-9 and nine sounded pretty good as opposed to 10-7 and seven or whatever weird number was out there. Well, I don't want Black Friday football games from Amazon anymore. I, I don't want that to happen at all. As a matter of fact, if Amazon gets its hands on that, Amazon is going to take over and rule this world, which they're trying to do already. The National Football League is trying to rule this world, which it's trying to do already. I don't need these two knuckleheads to get together. So stick to your Thursday night business. And the NFL, you stick to Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays. No more Black Fridays. No more nonsense. You two stop trying to rule the world. <laughs> Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Last thing you ordered from Amazon, Johnny Ballgame. He's got to think about it, folks. I mean, I order stuff constantly. Um, Last thing that showed up at your door. Mike Prater. Yeah. I have a golf shirt sitting on my front porch right now. If you drive by my house and grab it, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't have said that, Prater. <laughs> um, oh, I got these koozies. I got Prater's University of yeah? Utah okay. koozie. You ordered that on Amazon? I, of course. Um, I, I love that. You know, and I brought a Charlie Chaplin, like, poster and a picture of Halle Berry almost naked. Those were most of my last purchases. I was going to put the Halle Berry in this studio, but I, I put her in my garage instead. Wow. That's wow. the things I bought. Wow. Charlie Chaplin, Halle Berry, and a koozie. <laughs> I believe that there's a brand new can opener waiting at my doorstep right now that my wife ordered on Saturday when she had trouble opening up some cans. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers was a guest on the Pat McAfee show today. Really no news coming from the interview. He did not uh, say anything about his future, although he did say that he recently completed a 12-day cleanse called a Panchakarma. 
If you look it up on the internet, a panchakarma is a method of cleansing the body of all the unwanted waste after lubricating it. Yes. A little lubrication. You do like nose drops, you do other crazy fun things with your with your with your with your yeah, your body parts. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I went and looked at it up myself. I was very curious. I, I wish I mean it's easy to make fun of him. He, he's an easy target right now, but I wish I had the discipline to do that. I wish we all had the discipline to do that to our bodies every now and then. Be healthy it'd be good for us. Right? Yes. Like at some point it just quits working on you. Yes. You know, and like you can't defy that well i'm just lucky some the science missed me like no uh, science is going to catch up with your butt man and and i and i'm i'm the worst one i know i mean i you guys talk about About polluting yourself you mean yeah like just the (laughs) i drink too much soda i drink too much alcohol you know like i just i eat too much junk food i have a problem where i like to eat at night like late at night. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I love like me and my girl, like what we do, we, we kind of lay in bed and we watch our shows and I will bring every which type of food in there. And if it gets too nasty, I have to sit at the foot of the bed and I eat my meal, but I eat a lot of late night guys and I can't do it. And one of these days, like she's right. I'm just going to drop and it sucks, man. But what if we went on a four, you do a four, a four day cleanse. Prater does a four day and, and I do a four day and then all of a sudden it's a 12 day. What do you, could we do any damage there? No, I just <laughs> sucks, man. I just want to be uh, as old as you guys. I want to live. You better day yeah, I, to be the as old as you. That would be crazy. <laughs> I've never even dreamed I would be as old as you guys one day. That's where I want to be. Uh, we don't even want to be as old as we are. Does it make you feel old when you hear Hotel California was released forty five years ago today? Yes, it does. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't. I, I never feel old because I'm still a child, and it's about a mentality, and I'm good there. But I thought to myself, that was like the fastest forty five years yeah. ever. Okay, I, I think it, it's it just time like, went yeah. really fast. I, I saw Damn. yesterday on Facebook that Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin came out fifty years ago on uh, Monday. There you go. That's old. Yeah. Okay. Finally, uh, Idaho Steelheads dropped a five and one game to Kansas City yesterday afternoon. The Steelies went one and two on their three game road trip, hanging around in third place in the Western Conference standings. And the Steelheads begin a three game series, Johnny, with the Worcester Railers. The Worcester Railers. I did a little uh, research on uh, Worcester. It's like the town is three hundred years old. It's in Massachusetts. They were probably were burning witches way back in the day. Well, okay, so it was before we were colonized. Yeah, 300 years old. That's pretty impressive. Damn. You talk about old. Yeah, no question. Hey, um, greatest American rock and roll band of all time. You can still text us yours at 208-424-9300. And just please, 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 if you're not certain, maybe don't participate. Because like what Prater said last time, like... And it's it's (sighs) not the greatest, by the way, because that opens it up to opinions. That was never the argument because you, somebody can come in and say that uh, you know whatever. It's the most accomplished, most record sales. We're basing this on facts, not opinion, because the okay. opinions are just going to be all over the place as they should. It's music. Keep it American, man. You can't say the Beatles or the Stones, dude. Like, and and also solo acts: Elvis Presley, Jimi Hendrix, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen. We're talking the band, man. Right? Yes. Not a solo guy with a band. Jimi Hendrix in the who were what was his band's name? The Experience. 
Thank you. Uh, we're doing that next. It's Feedback Finale on Idaho Sports Talk. We're Prater in the ball game. KTAK had the ticket. The good, the not-so-good. Long form, short form. Tell us who you are or be anonymous. We'll take it all. It's time for the Feedback Finale on Idaho Sports Talk on Sports Radio, the ticket. Let's jump right to the Cloverdale Plumbing text line and talk about some influential bands, shall we? These are just some suggestions that people texted in. Sticks. Sticks, not not influential. Decent band, not influential. Agreed. Beach Boys, we mentioned them. Nickelback. I don't believe they're American. They're Canadian. Okay, there you go. Somebody said, not corn, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Grateful Dead. Mm. Definitely influential. Yes, yes, yes. ZZ Top. I would have to say uh, influential there. Yep, good. Well. Very good one. Somebody just uh, texted in, and I like this one, honorable mention for R.E.M., which I believe is a very influential band. Gosh, okay. I love uh, R.E.M. They didn't, they didn't really do it for me, but sure, I'm not going to argue about the success they've had. Sure, shining happy people holding hands. Well, you picked their corniest song. Okay. Corniest song. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Nick in Boise says, if ever possible, what about changing, this was Prater's idea, changing University Drive to Kellenmore Drive. And we said Kellenmore Boulevard. Kellenmore Boulevard. Kellenmore is worth a boulevard, not a drive. A little bit, a little bit, uh, a little yep. bit of an upgrade in the, in the street. Yep. Kellenmore Boulevard. Let's make that happen, Boise State. Let's make that happen. Nick in Boise. No, actually, we just read Nick. Robert says that church, Johnny, that you wanted to name Kellenmore, the Kellenmore yeah. Church of Christ or yeah. whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, gets used for weddings, and I think that's about it. It does get used for a couple of summer okay. weddings. Interesting. I've always kind of wondered what. And Johnny what wants to paint there. a big old fifty and three on the side, of it and a number eleven on the, the other. murals everywhere. And when you walk in, kind of a museum of Kellen Moore slash Jesus Christ. And I think people <laughs> will have a hard time deciphering the two. I found you. You asked something about a business that wants to change their name. I found a business that this could work for. I've never heard of it before, but I was looking into this earlier. It's called Kanak Attack. Oh, yeah, the food. Hawaiian food. And Hawaiian food. And yeah. they're down in the Boise Plaza, just down yeah. the street from us. Their address, 1111 Jefferson Avenue. How about that? That's why I came up with that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share some insider information for you with you on uh, on that one after okay. the show. Dave in Garden Valley says, what about the Kellen Moore Sports Radio? Kellen Moore Sports Radio. I think we'd be okay with that around here. Does he guarantee appearances and liners and all this stuff? You're listening to Kellen Moore Sports Radio. Uh, yeah, the Kellen. Still waiting for the yeah, uh, for that it? interview, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Change yeah. our call letters to what K L L N. Maybe I just get an interview with him first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt says Prater's team in Provo has that big Y on the mountains behind their stadium. How about we change Table Rock? To Kellenmore Butte. It's not and our instead property. Instead of all with. graffiti, we yeah. paint 53 yeah. and or 11 across the no, face. No, that's a dumb idea. And he could have said the Utes because the, U ha- the Utah has a big giant U on the mountain behind it. Why does he have to bring up the BYU? Come on, that's a terrible idea. Prater, I remember when I went to a U2 in Salt Lake City back about 25 years ago, they put a 2 right yes, next they to did. the big U. I back when that. you used to go places. I love it, well, man. I used to go something places. Darren and Cuna said he was married in that little church. I don't know whether to believe him or not, though. James in Rexburg says, rename BSU, rename BSU Kellenmore State University. 
and or a more realistic one, Kellen Moore Stadium powered by Albertsons. Well, um, they've already got the field, the Lyle Smith yeah, Field. I'm good with Lyle Smith Field, and, and I don't want a person's name on the stadium. I, I want cash. Pat in Meridian says, as a diversion, these were some damn bad ideas, Johnny. How about renaming the Little League Baseball Parks to your Kellen Me Smalls Fields? <laughs> and, and my ideas were cheesy? That was pretty bad, too. Thank you. That was really bad. <laughs> The diversion. Johnny came in and goes, "What do you know about the Boise Diversion Dam?" And I thought it was the the thing that did the rooster tail up by tape, uh, yeah, by a uh, Lucky Peak. But I was wrong about that. But our next segment would be an idea parader, like you know, remember in in Knoxville, Tennessee, they named the city dump after Lane Kiffin when he left him after a year. <laughs> I so do it's like the Lane Kiffin Waste Management Center. Like we need to come up with a topic, like what. What would we name like that type of version? We could find someone who's not everybody's, you know, kind of favorite person in Boise. And we could name the the, uh, the landfill after him or her. That might be fun. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Meta World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest, who said, "If reports I'm hearing out of the Big Ten Conference are true, all I can say is I'm very disappointed in Michigan coach Juwan Howard. The job of fisticuffs should fall on players only." Coaches should be above it. Agree or disagree, Ohio State fan John Patrick. Well, uh, Woody Hayes slugged a dude. He got fired. Larry Curley and Mo Howard Uh-oh. from the Three Stooges. Lighten up, people. Put a few sound effects to that very light head slap administered by our Jawan Howard, and it's funny. Doesn't the Big under t- Big Ten understand slapstick? Yeah, I didn't see this funny. I didn't either. No, he struck him. He, he, I, I thought he, he had harm on his mind when he let that big hand fly to that dude's face. He was hoping he would land and, and and punish him, hurt him, whatever. Brandon says, if I strike a vendor or co-worker at work, I get fired. If Prater hits someone at KTIK's events, he gets fired. Why does Juwan Howard not get fired? Because coaches are celebrities? We should all face the same consequences. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. There's, there's got to be some context. There's got to be some background. There's mm-hmm. got to be some history of who you are and what you're all about. Uh, Jawan Howard has a history now, and uh, I've changed my mind. I don't think he should be fired, but I don't think he should coach again the rest of this season. I think he should spend the next six weeks in anger management classes because this is two years in a row he's done this. Robert says, Michigan Talk reminds me of the 90, 1988 tournament with Chris Child, 14-seed BSU, losing to 3-seed Michigan by 5 Nobody punched anybody, though. <laughs> Michigan was the champs the next year. I forget about that. They hung with them, huh? Yeah, they did, actually. Chris Childs almost pulled off a win for a 14 seed. Well, there was a lot of players on that team. But Chris, wanna, Chris, uh, was, yeah. Chris was a monster. Dang, man. That must have been a fun watch. Anybody remember that? Text me the details. Uh, tonight, Boise State, San Diego State on our sister station, KBOY Prater. We got big guests tomorrow. Marcus Shaver. Marcus Shaver. Name, image, and likeness. We're going to put money into Marcus Shaver's pocket. We're going to give him a check. Isn't that funny that we can say that We're going to give Marcus Shaver some cash tomorrow. We are giving Marcus Shaver Jr. money tomorrow. We're paying him. On the air. <laughs> Seriously, I love it. Thanks for hanging, for hanging out. We'll catch you tomorrow. I know Sports Talk Raider the ballgame. <clears throat>